1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving
0: it. TNCs apply.
2: From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
1: Welcome into the mornings here on SENZ. Sam Hewitt sitting in for Smithy and sitting in for Ricardo as well. Ricardo has uh, done a little bit of an All Blacks in the fact that he's uh, MIA and uh, not able to come in today. So I'm sitting in from 9 until 12 and a little bit of uh, shipping out to Boston there from uh, producer Logan in lieu of the Boston Bruins leading the NHL. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it at all. Hey, we've got a great three hours coming up for you between now and 12 o'clock. And I really want to have you guys involved throughout the show. So 0800-150-811, jump on the phone. Let's have a conversation because there was so much sport on over the weekend. Almost too much to talk about. Um, gosh, where do we start? Where do we start? We'll get, we'll get stuck into it very, very shortly. But 0800-150-811, if you do want to have a chat. And you could be our caller of the month Thanks to uh, Able Living, you could win a Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill, which would look great on your deck and be fantastic for summer coming up just around the corner. So 800 811 you can text us on double eight double three. Coming up on the show, between 9 and 10, we're going to open up the lines and just have a big conversation, I think. Talk about all the sport over the weekend, but particularly for me, the All Blacks, because there are a lot of questions and a lot of discussion to be had about that performance against japan on saturday afternoon in tokyo we can talk some black ferns as well i thought that was the performance of the weekend cricket the black caps they're rolling on in fact i think all of our kiwi teams won over the weekend pretty much every kiwi in action managed to get a win which was just awesome so a real golden weekend of sport Um, but i do really want to talk about the all blacks between nine and ten after 10 o'clock we're going to catch up with black caps bowling coach shane ugensen that win against Sri Lanka on Saturday. Highlighted by Glenn Phillips, his 104. But the bowling effort as well is what really impressed me across both that game and the Australian game, which we won earlier on. We have a panel with uh, Graham Beasley and Brendan Bradford, sports journalist out of Australia. Graham Beasley, of course, out of Sports Freak. And then after 11, we'll catch up with Brandy. Greg Alexander, the Talk Rugby League World Cup. The Kiwis winning their last pool match against Ireland but once again for me a little bit too clunky and I'm a little bit worried, just a little bit worried uh, heading into a potential semi-final with Australia if we can get the job done over Fiji in the quarterfinal. We'll have a stunt by Smithy as well um, throughout and we'll do also a, a TAB cross all in amongst our various movings on but seriously... What a weekend of sport we have just had. When you Wherever you looked, we had some of the best talent in our small country on show and it made for some long nights and for me a few early mornings. Uh, we'll start Saturday morning. The Kiwis made it three from three in the Rugby League World Cup.
3: And Ireland have had enough. What <laughs> an effort though from the Wolfhounds. Jack Kukoran can be so proud of his players. They've come up a went... Against one of
4: the best in the world. And they've given them moments of headache. But in the end, New Zealand's sheer quality has seen them
5: through.
1: Yep, 48 points to 10 over Ireland to seal a top spot in Group C. Book a quarterfinal matchup against Fiji on Sunday morning in Hull. Jerome Hughes are the standout for me in what was a pretty clunky Kiwis performance. Of course, another talking point was the send-off of Jared Warrior Hargraves in the 37th minute.
4: It's a really bad one for me. Yeah, Dan Norman comes in and that's a swing and out for Jarry Weary at Bad, bad contact, that one. I mean, there's no excuse for that, Matt, is there? There's no excuse.
5: So, Jared Warrior Hargreaves, A lucky boy for
1: me, the lucky, lucky player. Oh, that just reminds me of the get
5: him off the field, get him off the field. That
1: tackle could have um, some ser- uh, severe repercussions for uh, Wire Hargreaves, Jared, who may miss the rest of the tournament of his history, as anything to go by. For me, the Kiwis team hasn't really fired a proper shot yet at this tournament. Uh, meanwhile, England and Australia look like they've been playing together for years when we all thought they were going to come in slightly underdone. Uh, Madge's men are going to need a performance, a massive performance against Fiji to give both themselves and us, rugby league fans, confidence that they can win the game that everyone circled on their calendars months ago, and that is the Kangaroos in a World Cup semi-final. Meanwhile, uh, a team that fired every shot of a nine-bullet revolver is the Black Ferns. What a performance on Saturday night.
4: And New Zealand take another step. One more closer to the defence of their title. They are through to the semi-finals of Rugby World Cup 2021. A hard-fought emotional time. It's ramped up a notch, but New Zealand progress again. They take it out over Wales, 55 points to three.
1: Yeah, 55-3, a spot in the World Cup semi-final, an absolute highlight of the weekend for me as uh, these wahine showed exactly how to step up in a big occasion and put an opposition to the sword. They did it in their usual style, with their usual stars. Portia Woodman with two tries, now the leading try scorer in Rugby World Cup history.
4: And now an advantage being played New Zealand's way. Oh, it's a good ball from Michele too. Demand and then Fitzpatrick over the top
6: for Flula. And Woodman again. Portia Woodman for the Rugby World Cup try scoring record. Strikes once more. And are you aware
3: of the milestone that you've broken here this evening? (laughs) I only just realised when Amy Duplessis was like, oh, you created history. I was like, history for what? I'm so gassed. I don't even feel like I can do anything right now. So I didn't know until she told me that, but it's pretty cool, I guess, yeah. Yeah.
6: France next week.
3: How tough do you think that nation is? Oh, they're they're the epitome of defence. You watch their defence, they're a blue line right across the front. And I think we're going to have to bring a physicality bring physicality next week. Um, but I back our skills. I back our forwards. You sh- they showed it up there. They won the scrums back. They won the moors. You know, they really showed it up there. And with our backline, you don't know who's, where the ball's going because we don't know where the ball's going yet. So I think it's going to be an exciting game, a really tough game, no doubt. Physi- um, France are just an amazing team.
1: Oh, and just such awesome speakers, our Black Ferns, aren't they? Both her and Ruby Tui post-match just love their comments. So the path clear for the Black Ferns, that final against France next weekend. They trounced Italy in their quarterfinal, 39 points to three. No doubt it's going to be the biggest test for the Black Ferns in the last four years and probably the biggest litmus test for the Wayne Smith regime. How far have they come? How much impact has he had? We will find out Saturday, 730 at Eden Park. If you had chosen to watch uh, the All Blacks instead on Saturday night, well, plenty to talk about there, which we'll get to very shortly. But first, the Black Caps, an outstanding result against Sri Lanka on the weekend, in large part, if not all part, to one man.
4: He's on strike. It's a short one, and he pulls it away, backward a square, down to the fence for four. Glenn Phillips, you are magic. One hundred and two. Of 61
2: balls.
1: Yep, when New Zealand were 15 for 3, Gleam Phillips took the game by the scruff of its neck, hit a scintillating 100 to see the Black Caps through to 167 on a wicket. That looked slower than Smithy on a golf course, if I'm being totally honest. When you look around at the rest of the T20 World Cup, the Black Caps are sitting atop the tree, while the usual favourites, India, Australia, England, seem to be all falling a little bit. Let's hope uh, we get more games and less rain, because this Black Caps side may just be poised to do something uh, we've been waiting a very long time to achieve. If motors, uh, motorsport is more your cup of tea, then you can't go past the giz over the weekend, wrapping up his third Supercars title in style with a win on the Gold Coast.
2: The Superlatives, we've run out of because he is driving as well as we've seen anybody drive these cars ever For the 21st time this championship season Shane Van Gisbergen is
0: at the top of the tree nice job, the, the burnout, I mean, you did it in front of Scott, you were just saying a yep. outside that, that was deliberate, I mean, yep. run us through that moment oh, I just i just can't get these things going in 5th gear, 4th gear seems
1: to be their limit, but um, yeah you just got to do good skids, i um, couldn't do one yesterday, so did one today. And, yeah, seeing Scotty up there and, um, yeah, a bit of encouragement from him. And um, he won a bit of money on me today, so hopefully he gives me some later. <laughs> yeah, only needed to finish 24th uh, the Giz, but he did what the Giz does and showed why he's... Probably one of the best supercars drivers we've seen out of New Zealand. Became the 11th driver to win consecutive supercars championships, adding to his titles from 2016 and 2021. No doubt he'll be going for number four in 2024. And then the Breakers. What a remarkable turnaround this team is having after a COVID destroying couple of years. It's early days in the 2022 23 season, but a win over the Jack Jumpers last night means Modi Moore and his team are now top of the league for the first time since round 11, 2018.
7: Another turnover, that's 14 in the game. Reper stepping through, left hand, the from the kid.
1: Off to the races
2: again, the breakers just pushing that pace, no give up whatsoever.
4: Brown's free for a corner, three, there's another one raining down, it is raining
3: threes, it's spark Now reach 94-62, a beatdown on Tasmania.
1: Yeah, Barry, uh, Barry Gerard-Brown Jr., the American import star, performed with 24 points, but the defense really got them home over the weekend, getting in the face of the jack Jumpers. they held them to 7 from 27 at the three-point line and just a 33.8% field goal percentage. Made even more impressive when Coach Modi Moore revealed what the team went through in the build-up. What into that is
3: the human quality that we have in the locker room and the fact that we have one goal and everybody's committed to it. And they're working their asses off we left Adelaide at 4 a.m. got delayed 7,000 times landed guys went to the gym we went straight to the gym and I didn't need to ask for focus or intensity or anything they just came in and did the work and it shows
1: yeah, it absolutely shows. We've long said this Breakers team offers one of the best forms of sporting entertainment in the country and at their absolute best when they're top of the league. And even better, maybe winning a few titles. Which brings us uh, to the elephant in the room in a weekend where almost every Kiwi team on show picked up a win. The All Blacks were no different. A 38-31 to 31 victory over Japan in Tokyo.
4: up the penalty goes over. no more than that. Heroic from Japan, 38-31. By far the tightest margin ever between these two sides. Japan gave themselves a chance. They played some fantastic rugby, but in the end, the All Blacks win it by 38-31.
1: Yep, they won, but for me, that performance might as well have been a loss. 38-31 against a side that has won just three of their last 12 test matches, two against Uruguay and one against Portugal. Once again, Foster and his men were caught completely off guard, looking like a team that had had the game plan stolen 10 minutes before kickoff. And then Brodie Retallick, I uh, don't care what you think about the game going soft or whether or not we should be giving out red cards. You run shoulder-first into a ruck at pace. There is only one result.
8: You come from a distance with a tucked shoulder and you made a direct contact to the player's deck. That's a high degree of danger with no mitigation. That's a red card.
7: So
2: Brody Ritalik is sent off. The is uh, five It'll be a penalty, Japan. Japan. New Zealand's lead now is not looking convincing at all.
1: Just one word for that play for me dumb. And what it probably means is a three game suspension, ruling him out of the most crucial matches on this tour. Seriously, what is going on with this All Blacks team? And I know that, you know, Japan, let's not take anything away from them. A fantastic game of rugby played by the Brave Blossoms, fantastically coached by Tony Brown, Jamie Joseph, and I saw John Mitchell in the, in the box there as well. But can we. Step away from saying, and this was Ian Foster after the match, step away from saying that this is a really good Japanese team. They've won three games of their last 12 test matches and they're against Uruguay and Portugal. If you put the All Blacks 15 and the Japanese 15 up head-to-head on paper, you would say that the All Blacks beat them 15 positions out of 15. So how come we nearly lose to that team? To me, it comes down to one thing and that is coaching and game plans. Unfortunately, like I said, a thirty eight point to thirty one win is basically a loss to me against Japan and I'll be very worried heading into these three Northern Hemisphere games. would love to hear your thoughts on the weekend of sport, uh, particularly the All Blacks, because I know there's a lot of conversation we can have around that. But if you want to talk anything else, Black Ferns, Breakers, Black Caps, jump on the phone, 0800-150-811. We will keep the lines open until 10 o'clock. You could be our Caller of the Month as well and a chance to win Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill. And we'll kick it off with Nick from Dunedin. G'day, Nick. How you go,
5: Sammy? Very Hi, well, mate. Yeah, I'm um, Way, but underwhelming. But I mean, I think everyone can see as clear as day that the top all black team to the to the B team, and that team on Saturday night was the B team. I mean, you bring in bring in the A team with your Barrett, your, you know your forwards all coming, it'd, it'd be a completely different score.
1: Do you agree, though, that Nick, if you put those fifteen up, because I I, do, I I know it's not a full strength New Zealand side, but if you put those fifteen players up on paper against the Japanese pl- uh, players, and I think position to position, we, that's that's a much stronger team than theirs, including their lock who was on d- international debut as the player of the game.
5: Yeah, no, it was. I mean, we, we didn't play very well. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, to be fair, I mean, some of those boys, it was the first run in nearly six weeks. So. I mean, I, I wouldn't be reading too much into what I mean, I think we'll quite comfortably beat Scotland, um, Wales, then we'll go through to Scotland. I mean, England's going to be a big test, so
1: mm.
5: yeah, interesting times. I mean, I can't. The, Foster's there for the World Cup. I mean, Foster's not going nowhere at the moment. Mm.
1: Oh, it's interesting. We're looking
5: at to suck it up.
1: It's interesting that you raised um, the break as well because that was... I I actually put out a tweet, Nick, um, just before the game ended. I said, oh, here's a list of uh, things I think Foster's going to say in the post-match press conference, and one of them was, oh, you know, a bit rusty after a long break. Um, Well, I can tell you that Japan haven't played a game since the first week of September. So they've actually had just as much time off, if not more, than the All Blacks. You know, it's... And the thing is, Nick, you know, I, I... I don't like to be too pessimistic, but i if this was a one-off, like if we had played really well this year and we had this one-off game against Japan, I'd buy all those excuses. It's just the fact that after every one of these games this year, it seems like we're just saying the same thing over and over again. And the yeah, idea- right.
5: I Going back to Finlay, yeah, I know, definitely here. Finlay Christie had a terrible game. I mean, once Aaron Smith came on, I noticed the rope was a wee bit faster, so... Yeah, I don't
9: know. Finally, Christie's the
1: right the right man. To be fair, mm. yeah. I mean, it's. I think the northern. I think the the Japanese game isn't going to be a game where we figure out who should be in what position. I know a lot of people made a big point of Stephen Pietafitta's performance at the fullback. I just think he was the product of a team that was sort of struggling up the front as well. I think we're gonna we're gonna get a much better barometer over these three games up north. But it just is disappointing to me, Nick, that we weren't able to. You know, string string a much more fluid and cohesive performance against a Japanese team that, like I said, hasn't has also hasn't played in six or seven weeks.
5: Yeah, Hey, good on you. Hey, thanks for calling.
1: Nah, appreciate it, Nick. Thanks for calling in. Oh, eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. If you want to jump aboard the conversation, Chris is texting saying it's just a standard All Blacks performance. Don't worry, Ian Foster is strong. Um, I do agree with Nick. The, the, we're not going to change anything now. You know, we, we've, that ship has sailed. Um, New Zealand Rugby have well and truly hitched their wagon to the horse that is Ian Foster for the World Cup, and they will, in my mind, reap the repercussions of of that if should we lose the World Cup. And I don't think we have any chance at this stage to win that Rugby World Cup next year. Zade's called in from Auckland. Good Zade.
10: Good morning, um, Sam. Uh, the, the Black Caps performance, um, it was, they didn't start well, but there's just, it's, it's the depth of the team. There's always players, someone that wants to back up. Um, it just shows the, the strength of the team. And there's the team that's got a good coach, not like the All Blacks. Gary Stead, he's been in the team for a few years now. And Glenn Phillips with the poise, 104. He's a you know professional young, young gun and took it took the team on his um on his arms as would say, you know, he took took the team and um fired that hundred and four when the black caps needed it. And the bowling performance, Trent Bolt and Tim Salvi, just do what they do. If you've never seen sporting athletes as good as those two, mm. I don't know what you've seen, um yeah, Trent Bolt, four wickets for nothing, Tim Salvi, and then the rest of you do still do what they do, you know. It's just a really good performance. I'd probably have to say it might be the performance of the weekend, and the breakers are hot. The breakers are uh, probably the hottest team of the weekend, actually. I'd have to say. Um, yeah. What about all the over What about the Jack-
1: Black Ferns, Zade? We've got a lot of hot teams this weekend, really, don't we? All, all three of them, for yeah. mine, were all we're all absolutely senseless. I imagine you probably watched the uh, the Jake Paul fight as well yesterday.
10: Uh, no, I don't. I don't like him. I don't, I don't <laughs> care about him. I'm um, sorry. I want to do. I want to talk about the Robbie Lee quickly before I go. Yes, please do. Um, Dylan. Dylan Brown was horrible off the kicking tee. Oh. He was disgusting.
1: Well, actually, all, I, think it was about th- I think there was three different kickers in the game um, on the weekend. Uh, yeah, I think what, Jordan I had a we couple. Need to
10: fix that and, um, we actually didn't play well at all to beat Ireland, only I think we left a lot of points out on the pitch and mm. we didn't look that good. Jerome Hughes was pretty much a one-man one band and that was about it. The rest of the team looked really, really dis- disjointed and we need to fix a kicker that someone can kick. I don't know how we didn't fix this before the
1: tournament. Mm, I agree, Zade. I think kicking is going to be a big problem. You know, it's the sort of thing that can lose you um, a semi-final. Clary, so well, and if Clary, that, yeah. well, they've got about four kickers as well. They've got Latrell that can kick goals. Um, you know, they'll have Daddy Terry Evans who can kick goals. So, yeah, there's there's quite a few in that team. Yeah. And and it could be the difference, you know, if you're talking about a 24-22 scoreline and you miss three or four of your conversions, well, there's your margin right there. Um, I agree with yeah. you, Zay. though. It does look clunky at the moment. And someone raised a really good point, actually, Fonzie, Um who's got a great Twitter account who um, analyzes a lot of rugby league, um, in particular the Warriors and the Kiwis, and he said what, what the teams in our pool have done a really good job of is uh, forcing us into the middle, um, so not letting us play out wide, and that's why we're sort of rushing things a little bit. We don't look cohesive when you watch England and Australia. Their edges, especially Australia, are, are very scary. So if we can't get that right against Fiji, then... Yeah, I, I will be very worried heading into that semi-final against Australia thanks for your calls eh? give us a call 0800 jump on the conversation we can talk some all blacks we can talk some black ferns or some black caps um, but yeah I'm particularly focusing on the all blacks and look I don't really know what the answer is because it like I said before you're not going to get rid of Foster he's there into the World Cup we have to accept that but you know are there other positional changes that we need to make short of you know clearing the whole ship out which we don't want to do who who should we be calling in I think with some of these replacements I mean a lot of people saying what does duplicy Karifi have to do to find his way into the All Blacks squad I mean there's been injuries now and cover called in Duplassie Karifi still misses out we'd like to see Damian McKenzie uh, coming back into the All Blacks fold as well we'll take a short break and we'll come back with your calls after this
2: The voice of sport in Aotearoa this is Mornings with Ian Smith on S E N Z.
1: Yeah, welcome back in. Mornings with Smithy. Smithy away in Australia. Ricardo off six to of Sam here, taking you through until 12 o'clock. The third string quarterback, as they say. Lots of texts coming through here on double eight double three. We do want your calls. 0800 150 uh, Lots coming in on the All Blacks, which is what we've been talking about. Just one quickly before the news. Uh, Pete says, Japan played well, been in camp six weeks together. It was a second 15 that we had on, which went to a second 14. Thought Smith showed how much better than the others he was when he came on. Well, the All Blacks have been in camp for six weeks as well, Pete, and that's why they haven't been playing NPC, which brings up another point as to if they're so rusty, why weren't they playing um, a little bit of NPC even at the beginning of the six-week camp? Um, But, you know, the second 15 idea, I still hold... To the point that if you put that 15 up against the Japan 15 on paper, it, it, we're still better in every position. This is Japan, man. Japan. And I, they played great. They played amazingly. But they've won three of their last 12 test matches, two against Uruguay, one against Portugal. This is not a top-tier team, and this is not a team that the All Blacks should be losing by seven points to and probably could have lost the actual game had had we had another two or three minutes. Seemed like they were very, very close to getting it at the end. And people, we just can't. Why are we continually making excuses for all of these losses or all of these poor results? It's like we, we need to justify why they're losing. And the only reason for me why it's not good enough. Is not. I mean this isn't a public team it's not like they're politicians and we pay money to them and they're accountable although we are stakeholders in the fact that we pay the tickets and buy the merchandise the reason why it's unacceptable is because of what the All Blacks brand and New Zealand rugby have put into the All Blacks at the detriment of every other piece of rugby in this country NPC, club rugby, the rest all in the name of the All Blacks over-resourced we give players sabbaticals all in the name of winning games and winning Rugby World Cup so when it doesn't happen you betcha we're not happy about it. Give us a call. 800 We'll take some news quickly. And then, Graham, you'll be first on the line after news. Thank you for the news, Arohan. I know you're a big Formula One fan. And for those Formula One fans out there now, uh, lap 22 of the Mexico Grand Prix at the moment, Verstappen leading quite comfortably over Hamilton in second place. I'll keep you updated on that as the morning goes on. But we've got calls on the line. Graham from Upper is calling. G'day, Graham.
6: Hi, Sammy. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Um, yeah, I agree with you that uh, the ABs aren't up to um, the standard that we uh, we want uh, and appreciate. But just putting it into perspective, who's the hot favourite for the uh, Rugby World Cup, mate? France. Yep. France beat Japan a couple of weeks ago, twenty fifteen. Mhm. Just putting it into perspective. Not even, um, and, and I, mean, I know we're 15.
1: talking. I know we're talking about an All Blacks B team. That was a French C or D team. But yeah, take your point.
6: Just putting that in perspective, mate, because uh, the um, the first game I think was forty two twenty three, something like that, to uh, to France, so they comprehensively beat them. But uh, but um, apparently uh, Japan were in front, and France rescued that second test and um, late in the last
1: ten minutes. Yeah, uh, look, Graham, like I, it's not the excuses for the reason why it was close that get to me. It's the fact that they're the exact same excuses we've heard after you know our performance against australia where we nearly lost with the bernard foley you know era at the end the, the excuses that came after the island series you know it's the excuse after south africa it to me is a standalone if, if we had had a great year and this had happened that n- without a shadow of a doubt i would be singing off everyone's song sheet including ian fosters but the fact that it just seems the same stuff every time it's wearing very very thin yeah no
6: i agree with you mate and um Um, I suppose the bottom line is the All Blacks are not what the All Blacks used to be. They don't command the respect anymore. Um, People know that we're, um, you know, other teams know that we're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, That's the exploitation, I suppose, There's the chance there. And um, and now they go out revved up 100%, 100%, they're going to give us a good go. And if we're not quite ready or thinking that we're better than everybody, it's the wrong
1: attitude. I agree, Graham, and and I'll just pick up. I'll just pick up on a little point there. And I know um, I was talking to Steph this morning. He's going to go pretty hard on this after midday. One thing that I think comes in, into it as well is that the All Blacks are, are real sticklers for process, and it's a process over the last ten years. You know, after twenty nineteen, uh, process over ten years that worked. You know, where we had a game plan, we had the players, we had the mental edge over teams, and things went our way. The problem I think we're seeing now with the All Blacks is, as soon as that process begins to be pulled apart, or something gets thrown at us that's a little bit different, it's like we have no plan B. I said at the top, it almost almost was like our game plan got stolen ten minutes before kickoff, and everyone's looking at each other going, "What do we do?" You know, everyone's looking around, and it's sort of, I mean, we we obviously won the game, which is which is at the end of the day the most important part. But it did feel like at times we didn't know how to combat Japan.
6: That's right. And like you say, you've got to have layers of a game um, that you can um, interpret at mm-hmm. different stages of the game. Are we in trouble? We go to this. We need to do yes. this. Um, that That is missing.
1: Yep. Totally agree with you, Greg. Hey, appreciate you call, my friend. Uh, 0800 150 11 if you'd like to jump aboard. i got Joe from Gizzy. G'day, Joe.
3: Morning, Sammy. Morning, Sammy. I see you're on the heater again this morning. <laughs> so, uh, I love it when you're, you're as passionate as me, mate. You know, it's a big weekend of sport, and you know, I'm trying to watch three different screens at once and my missus is like, what's happening here? <laughs> you know, you've got the Blackburns on, you're waiting on the cricket, you know, you we've got the All Blacks. Mm. Listen, you know, when we look back across those 10 years, you're talking about those processes.
9: Mm.
3: We have once-in-generational players. Well, we got Carter and we got McCaw who led and they had the Franks boys. We had a lot of guys around them who, who were generational players and no matter who was there, they put the foot on the throat, and they knew when to close games out. At the moment, we're looking at young players coming through. We're looking at so many positional changes for the sake of it. We're looking at, you know, Peter struggled the weekend when he stepped up that level. They're mm. so All going on about, uh, yeah, I mean, Papa Lee, who had an amazing one season of Super Rugby when they got to a final and got beat. We couldn't get him across the line. He's come on. I was down on the Island Series at a few games. He went missing, Sammy. Mm. He steps up again off the bench. We don't have generational players. We have players who are all blacks. We have, you know, you're right. We have a massive focus on our financial systems, our signing contracts to continue to keep these players. We're in trouble if young players get four or five caps and decide they want to go to France for triple the money. Mm. We don't have the base anymore. We're a little bit like Australia, where we don't have the depth that we used to have. And the black jersey hasn't got the aura for the people in it anymore in New Zealand. Money is hugely attractive to young people now, or families. You know, you get injured, you blow your year out, you blow your career out. What do you got left? So what we're finding now is, let's go to Japan. Japan C team, playing against the All Black C team, get an absolute bath on the weekend. But Japan come mongrel up, this is their biggest World Cup this is their World Cup of this year, and you see the way Leach led them. You see them led by four Kiwis, right? Uh, four, five Tongan boys, and I was looking for half the Japanese side in there. But you know, that that team stood up. They had honour. They, they 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 you know held their face in Japan. They were amazing. We got across the line. We we once again have this issue where we have to use our entire bench semi. You know, why can't people sit on the bench and get players who take control of the game and get us across the line and say, not this week, boys. Mm. You know, we're a bit tight. We we don't have that mentality anymore. When McCaw and uh, Carter led that team, nobody came off the bench for them. Nobody. They sat there. You remember the days of Fitzy when Hickory sat on the bench behind him Mm. for a 60-odd game? These boys, right, feel entitled. I'm going to get a start. I'm going to get a start. And the worst on this year, obviously, Mr. Pedafeta, who got 40 seconds for his debut in a loss. But what we're finding now is other teams have our systems. Other teams, over the last 10, 15 years, have been coached by Kiwis, taken all our secrets, and now the depth there and the focus in France, outstanding. Right? They used to be a team that used to play like like our seven side did, like the Warriors do, Sammy. Yeah. You know, open open run. You know who was going to turn up? You do know, get beat by 40, you lose by 40. But now they've got structures in place. And now they've got a youth team that's come through from the 20s to into the top team. And some coach, some Frenchman has got some common sense and said, let's keep them together and look what they're flourishing is. The best thing is that France win the World Cup in France. Oh, I live in France for six years. It's, they love it in the South, Sammy. Love it. It's like a passion. We don't love it here. You know, you go to a club game over there, 20,000, 25,000 every weekend. We've got a club game here, you'd better get 500. Mm. Oh. So what we're doing, you're right, I'm all with you. You know, we're top-heavy. We're top-heavy top with our investment. Look at the little bit of money that they've given to the professor and Ted and some of those people that he uses. You know, I suspect he'd be on half a boat. That entire squad would be on half a boat in salary. <laughs> but look where they've brought New Zealand. Look at the young girls who want to play. Not just 7s, now 15s. You know, we've seen it in New Zealand. So that's our future. The big debacle about the 1am first of Dean Rugby in Auckland. Yeah, you know, we've gone about that wrong once again. We're doing things wrong, right? But I tell you what, the best thing I've seen this year, Sammy, outside of the All Blacks, Wellington. You know, they start off poorly. They've got a young team of young players together, led by an absolute mongrel in in, in our in our open side flanker, and they won that. They won the shield, and then they toppled Canterbury in Canterbury, right? And, and so let's invest back in the NPC, like you say, Sammy. Let's bring those players through, so we've got a base, because we're losing it. Mm. And, and that's what I see. The top, we're going to go to, we're going to go to Europe, mate. We're going to beat Wales. We're going to beat Scotland. You know, we are. I don't care what people are saying. That, that, that is, they'll put a top team out. The Barrett boys will come back. The you know, Smithy will start. We'll get a, we'll, our pack will come back. And guess what? Unfortunately, without Rattalek, you know, but. You know, one of those other locks are going to step up and we'll knock them over. We will. That's just how it goes. But everyone's on a heater. We all understand it because we're fearful of next year what's going to happen. And, and, and you did right, Sammy. We're top heavy. We need to work it out for the long run. And we just need to sign Scott Robinson now and say, hey, let's look, let's look past 2023 and let's go.
1: Joey, great call, mate. Very, very good points. Um, I just sat here nodding along the whole time, mate. There are people out there, a lot of a lot of people, actually ninety nine percent of you that are that are a lot smarter in the game of rugby than I am. Like, like you said, Joey, I'm just I'm just passionate. That's what I am. And uh, look, I don't profess to be a rugby guru by any means. I, I just watch, um, appreciate, uh, analyze, and and hopefully give out a, a little bit of opinion. Just just on a point that that Joey did make there um, about the generational talent thing, I, I do get that. I get that we don't have the players that. That we used to have um, in our golden period. But I've, I raised this point a couple of weeks ago as well. There were times in All Blacks history where we also didn't have generational players. I'm thinking sort of pre 2009 where we weren't losing to sides like Japan. We weren't getting towed up by an island. We weren't getting close to losing to, to Australia on a regular basis. So, yeah, I know that the, the world, people saying the world is caught up. You know, I think there's one team genuinely that has caught up, and that is Ireland. You know, Australia have always been a decent rugby side. South Africa always strong. France, always tough to beat. England always at the top. These sides haven't quote unquote caught up. They've always been there. I think the All Blacks have taken steps backwards. I think that's what's happened. And and you can view that in a sort of similar vein, I guess, but I feel like they've they've taken steps backwards as, as opposed to teams taking a step up. And look, the, the the truth is there there are answers to this question of what's going on with the All Blacks at the moment. There are genuine answers there other than just Ian Foster's not a good coach. That might be one answer for some people, but there are other answers, you know, around generational talent, around rest and rotation, around you know, if you want to say the world catching up. Um, but I think Joey's right. I think we probably do beat Scotland. Fingers crossed, we beat Scotland and Wales. Um, but then I do think we lose to England at Twickenham, and I think it sort of papers over the cracks because once again we'll get told that it's the end of a long tour, the end of a long season, um, tough place to play, etc. Um, I'll go back to one point which I always make and amongst all of this conversation can you sit here and tell me and a few people on text machine as well that are disagreeing with me can you sit here honestly and say that the All Blacks are going to win the World Cup in 2023 can you genuinely look me in the eye and say yep we're going to win it because I can't do that based off what we're seeing at the moment I can't do that Um, we'll try and just squeeze in Steve really really quickly we do have to take another break Steve uh, from Auckland g'day mate
11: yeah, can I I'll make it real quick. Uh, women's World Cup yep. for me starts this weekend. Um, you got three of the three of the best sides playing. Um gonna be a big effort from the black Ferns to get across the um to get across the whitewash. Uh just in terms of uh France, that uh, they're gonna be very hard to beat. Um on the on the All Blacks I pretty much agreed with everything that Joey said, but I think there might be a reality check that we are now one of the pack.
9: Mm.
8: Mm. I
1: agree with you I agree with you Steve I think we're we're definitely off that top perch we're, we're in amongst the, the rest of them where anyone can beat us on our day and uh That's good for World Rugby. Of course that's good for World Rugby. Um, And and my, my, um, I guess, criticism as well isn't the fact that we do lose games, because every team loses games, let's be honest. Even the best teams in the world in any sport do Mm. lose games. But you want to be losing them, I guess, in the right way. You You, want to be losing them in in one of those classic test matches that we always see, rather than a very, very poor performance from the All Blacks, which Mm. is what we're getting used to. I think, in, in 2023, um, uh, 2022, sorry. Thanks for your call. um, Stevie, we'll take a quick break. A couple of other callers on the line There, we'll get to you right after this.
2: This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ.
1: Welcome back in uh, to Mornings with Smithy. Smithy over in Aussie and Ricardo out sick today. So Sammy Hewitt taking you through until midday. Got Zane on the line. G'day,
11: Zane. Good morning there, Sammy. Nice to talk to you, my friend.
1: Yeah, good to talk to you, mate. How are you?
11: Oh, not bad. Um, these All Blacks, I kind of feel like a bit of a broken record because I called up Staffy and Smithy about the same time last year. Mm. Um, it starts like you take a few steps back. What's the direction they're actually trying to take this team in right now? And from an outside perspective, it seems like let's play every professional player in New Zealand in the All Blacks a few times just so we can get a bit of depth in case we need them at the World Cup, um, which then leads to lack of continuity in selection. Which then leads to disjointed play and so forth, and like you can 't see a, a set game plan mm. and with the game plan like how do you create like a, a game plan that it 's going to deliver results for you when you 've got like Geordie Barrett at six foot four you know um at second five, one week then you've got Roger to us shake there the next week they're completely different kinds of players, so how are you going to have a, a similar game plan around them it's just uh, it's a joke. Mm. And you look at guys like RTS, You know how much I love my warriors, and I, I'm a big fan of him. But it just feels like they played him in Pirifeta to appease the bloody pundits who are complaining about it all the time, <laughs> or maybe just to give him a chance. And you don't develop a 27-year-old guy in the All Blacks jersey. No, nah. you develop him before he gets in. You play totally. him, you know, you know because he's delivering, not because of what he might deliver. Mm that's where it comes down to for me so how do you how do you deliver when you're changing the people every bloody week?
1: Yeah I totally agree with you Zane I know you know in the line of work that you do you know very much how important it is to to work that all out and I just think that the All Blacks like you said are are sort of it just doesn't uh, to me that they're stuck in that process that they've had that mentality for the last 10 years and and it's time to innovate and change I mean all the other teams are doing it why aren't we? People say that you know Japan Japan came with a brilliant game plan well how are we not efficient enough to combat that? I, I just That's the question I ask. Um, We're running out of time, Zane. What uh, what hole are you on?
11: Uh, I'm coming up onto the fourth, mate. Brilliant. Two over. And you're playing well so far?
1: (laughs) Two over, you said?
11: Driving driving like an All Black.
1: (laughs) <laughs> brilliant Zane appreciate your call as always mate uh, Zane there uh, on the course as he likes to do on a Monday morning uh, 0800 150 11 if we want to jump on the conversation just a quick text before the break on the temper bear post text machine from JJ did you think the ABs would win the World Cup in 2007 how about 95 and 99 where did that get you get off your high horse and support the boys well I didn't think they'd win in 2007 and they didn't didn't think they'd win in, uh, in I don't think it was 99 I don't think they won either well no they didn't win I know they didn't win Uh so I don't know what the point is there. And get off the high horse and support them, mate. Do not take my criticism for apathy. I love this team. That is why I am so passionate. There'd be questions raised if I didn't have anything to say after an All Blacks performance like that on Saturday.
2: Welling. Auckland, home of the Garden of Eden, and, of course, SNZ on 1476 AM. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in our Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ.
1: Lots of text messages coming in here on the Timber bed post text machine. I'm not going to have time to get to them this hour, so I'll have to save them until after 10 o'clock. We're also going to chat with uh, Shane Jurgensen, the bowling coach out of the Black Caps, after 10, and, of course, our panel today, which is Graham Beasley and Brendan Bradford. Uh, we'll go through all the sport from... The weekend. Um, I will just squeeze in a couple of quick texts here if I can. Uh, this one from Anthony in Rotorua says, Wales and Scotland must be licking their lips. Some more history on the wrong side will be made under Foster. 120 years of history undone in a few years. It's just sad. That's from Anthony. Uh, and then Sam- someone says, Sammy, you reckon the NZRFU has kissed this World Cup goodbye and are going to have a clean out after E.E. E. Robertson and Foster out. That's from James. We will wait and see, James. We will wait and see after the World Cup next year. News coming up at 10 o'clock.
2: The mic nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
1: Welcome back in. Sam Hewitt sitting in the chair for you through until midday today. Smithy, of course, over in Australia for the T20 World Cup and uh, Ricardo is just off sick today. Uh, quickly, an update on the Formula One. Lap 43 of 71, Verstappen leading Hamilton in second, Perez in third place. So you'd think another win for Max Verstappen this year. He is not slowing down despite winning the title. Um, lots of text on the Temper B Post text machine we will get to later this hour, but very shortly we're going to chat with uh, Black Caps bowling coach Shane Jurgensen. We're also going to have the panel with Graham Beasley and Brendan Bradford before we uh, before we pick up your text later on in the hour. And we want to talk some T20 World Cup because the Black Caps with yet another impressive performance against Shane on Saturday. Good, we actually got some cricket in given all this rain that's floating about Australia and uh, it's a big thanks to Big Barrel. Be our mate and join Big Barrel Mates Club and we've got the Black Caps bowling coach Shane Jurgensen on the line now. G'day Shane.
12: Good morning, Sam. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well, mates. Firstly, it uh, must be pretty good just to get another game under the belt, given what we've seen with all the weather and, and games being abandoned and whatnot in the World Cup. Just good to, to actually play instead of sitting in the dressing rooms?
12: Yeah. Oh, look, we've just arrived in Brisbane and being uh, uh, originally born here, it was great to get out of Melbourne, to be honest. Yeah, so there's uh, <laughs> a lot of rain down there, a lot of interrupted games and games that haven't gone ahead. Um, and yeah, fantastic to, to play and have a good result against Sri Lanka the other night.
1: How, um, how I guess, frustrating is it, Shane, you know, just, just from a playing perspective, preparing for a game, getting into that sort of game day mentality, only to you know, sort of be sitting in the dressing room and, and finding out the game's been abandoned?
12: Oh, yeah, certainly an anti climax. Um, there's a lot of preparation that goes into these games from players, their, their physical and, and mental preparation, and, and, and the support staff all those little things, but, you know, that's part of cricket and it certainly won't go away anytime soon. But, uh, yeah. you know, you sort of move on to the next game as quickly as you can and you, you, you sort of, once you jump on that flight to go to the next venue, your you, you, you focus quickly shifts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the game that, that you did play Saturday night against Sri Lanka. Sixty-five run win highlighted by, of course, uh, the hundred and four from Glenn Phillips when the Black Caps were fifteen for three. Um, I'm not sure how nervous you guys were in the uh, in the dugouts. It certainly was nervous here as, a, as an NZ cricket fan. But uh, Glenn Phillips surely uh, you know got you guys out of trouble pretty early. Must have been pretty impressive to watch him from the dugout.
12: Oh yeah, definitely nervous. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. You know, Sri Lanka always a threat with the ball, dangerous team in world tournaments and have a good, you know, rich history of success. So, you know, the spinners had an impact on us early and bowled really well, put us under pressure. But, yeah, the, the, the rebound from us uh, was absolutely fantastic. The partnership between Daryl and Glenn and the way that Glenn played, you know, the, the, obviously is has been, a, you know, quickly proving... To be a match winner for us, and he did it again with an impressive hundred. And some of his striking and the power was just amazing.
1: Mm, yeah, it was a phenomenal knock from him. Um, want to ask you a little bit about the the wickets we've seen in Aussie so far? But it looked a little bit slower on Saturday night, just from a bowling perspective. Was a hundred and sixty-seven sort of close to the total you guys were wanting to defend?
12: Oh, I think once we sort of get to that sort of total in T20, you're always around that pass score, and I think, um, you know, when you sort of look at uh, the way, you know, always judge a wicket after both teams are probably batted on it, And I think, you know, in the end that was probably above above pass, so, mm. you know, it was really good for us to do that, and it's, it's, un, it's quite unseasonable weather here in the moment in Australia, like, uh, you know, um, I'm ringing up my wife back home, and it's it's... It's warmer there than it is here, so um, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot of rain in Melbourne and Sydney, and has been over the last sort of month. So the wickets are probably maybe a little bit um, sort of not not underprepared, but they're just a little bit affected by the weather. So yeah, uh, they just haven't had the sunshine. So yeah, certainly wickets that we've had to adapt to, and and this next game against England, the wicket, you know, warm weather here. So all of a sudden, the ha- what, what effect that has on the wicket? We've just got to make sure that we can adapt it the best that we can.
1: One thing that um, I've been really impressed with Shane over the last two games is the contribution from the bowlers and it's not just you know one or two guys getting all the wickets but it's spread across the board and um, we've obviously kept the opposition to, to very low totals. What, what are you sort of putting that down to? What are we getting right from a bowling perspective?
12: I think what's fantastic with our bowling group, we've got an experienced bowling group that have played with each other for a long period of time now and, and at, at world tournaments and um, I think, you know, that last year we made, the, as you know, the final of the T20 and a year later we've got another T20 World Cup, which is, it's great to consistently have that same group of bowling units. And I think for us we've got the options across in variation. So, you know, the, the threat of Tim and Trent with a new ball if it's swinging um, or and not swinging, you know, that the way that they've evolved their games, the other night it wasn't swinging as much as the other games and all of a sudden they're bowling fantastic slow balls, slower ball bounces. Um, and just using the seam or hitting the wicket hard as opposed to swing, the way that they adapt their game. And then you've got the pace of Lockie, and then you know Mitchell Satner and, and Sody have both been very highly ranked number one in the world, I think, in its format. So, um, yeah, we've got the options covered. And, and James Neesham hasn't really had to have much of an impact with the ball yet or the opportunity because the guys have performed well.
1: Something that I've always sort of been uh, been curious to know, uh, Shane, you know, being a bowling coach, how much time and effort do you guys put into working through situations or scenarios? Is that something you do in training? Is it something you sort of do in a, just a, a round table session talking about, you know, if we're in this hole, this is the strategy here, or if we get down to the final over, this is what we're going to do? Or do you just sort of leave that to the players to do when they're out there on the field?
12: Uh, I think there's a combination of both. We we trust the guys, um, very experienced players that we've got now. But we certainly have shifted our focus a lot to trying to control the what ifs. So if plan A is going really well, we're executing, um, and we're on top of the opposition. That's that's you know that's not easy, but you know that's that's something of the guys that that's playing to our strengths. Mm. Um, and then what something that we certainly uh, focus a lot more on probably in recent months is is our plan other options to the, to the to the opposition batters and and how how does that look um how can we restrict them and and just try and control as much as we can so um that's there's certainly a lot of uh homework that goes in behind the scenes because you want to try and cover any you know a batter comes out start striking the ball well that that one over can change the game and that's the the threat of T20 cricket, the excitement of it, you know. I mean, if you look at our game again the other night, you know, 25 for three, I think roughly we were. Then Glenn Phillips and all of a sudden hits a few fours and the all of a sudden the momentum seemed to shift. So uh, it's that it, it, it the game can change so quickly. So you need to cover those bases if you can.
1: Yeah, and some big hitters are coming at you tomorrow night in the form of England. We know how good they can be in World Cups, probably that Island result withstanding. What, uh, what's going to be the key tomorrow night for us to go three from three?
12: Uh, for us, it'll be, again, adapting to conditions and new ground, uh, quite a big ground. Um, there's one boundary that's quite quite short, normally at the Gabba, just from my experiences of playing here a long time ago, and and it's still the case. And I think for us, England are a you know, definite threat. They got match winners all the way up and down their their list of players to play. So for us, it's again taking the confidence of what we've done so far. And and you know, there's been some fantastic history between the two teams as well. So you know, with the test series that we played this year and. Um, you know, looking at some old footage I came across of, you know, way back in 2008, 2009, like some controversial run-outs that, <laughs> that, that happened and could have happened. So, yeah, it's a, certainly a, a, a game that we're excited to play. They're you know, always a, a really good team, two good teams that match up well. So, you know, we can control those moments and control their dangerous players and put them under pressure. Well, that's what we're, we're hoping to do, and that's a really good start to, for our process in the game.
1: I'm glad you didn't bring up a, a certain game three years ago, Shane. That which shall not be spoken of on this uh, on this particular show. So I appreciate that. Um, world Cups are, are, are very <laughs> world cups are very demanding tournaments. You know, a lot of a lot of um, games in a short space of time. Something I wanted to to ask you is how much of a successful World Cup campaign is built on preparation leading into a tournament versus building momentum and combinations as the tournament goes, or is it just sort of a mix of both?
12: Oh, it's certainly a mix of both. I think is certainly a level of preparation that goes into it in terms of looking at numbers and stats and of the games. And the advantage of here is that you know, compared to last year where we're in Abu Dhabi and Dubai, you know, there wasn't as much cricket potentially that's played compared to the grounds here with the BBL and, and obviously Australia playing here. So you can sort of get a bit of a map um, map out sort of the scores, average scores stuff like that that's that's really important um and then you know hopefully you get off to a good start and you get some wins you build confidence around your your strategies and your processes and and then on the on the night it's just about adapting and as you saw the other night the wicket was certainly offering a little bit to the bowlers um and normally in sydney you you probably don't get that as as much as what you did the other night so again then you just got to adapt your game and uh, with the bat and the ball and, and, and with the fielding is a really important uh, part of the game as well in T20 cricket, no doubt. So, yeah, it's sort of certainly a, a combination of both.
1: Yeah, and just, um, just before we let you go, Shane, as the tournament does go on and, and these wickets, you know, do start getting played on a little bit more and uh, maybe conditions start to change as well, how much... I guess emphasis uh, do you think is going to be placed or how important is it going to be to have those spin bowlers really in their groove? And I guess for us, that's Ish Sodie and Mitch Santner.
12: Oh, yeah, certainly. The big grounds in Australia, you need to have your spinners, you know, not just playing, but obviously, but playing well and making use of the the ground dimensions and the sizes. That's the advantage. Um, You know, having those variations of, attack up your sleeve if you're just having all fast bowlers, uh, that that can be a little bit sort of um predictable I suppose, but having the spinners and the quality of spinner that we have now with you know, the the Mitchell Satner's ability to sort of watch the batter and adapt to his game at the last second when he delivers the ball and is always a threat and then each ability to turn the ball both ways. So those are gonna certainly come in their own with the warmer weather starting to hit now and um, you know, we our next lot of games we've got the Brisbane here, big ground. Um, you might sort of look for the the bowlers, that, or spin bowlers. They might get more bounce and spin, so you've got to adapt to that. And then all of a sudden, you go to Adelaide and it's more like the an oval, similar to Sydney, a very long straight. So you've got to make make those adjustments potentially with your lengths. And then from there, yeah, we're either going to be staying in Adelaide for the semi, and if we, we make it through, and um, or we're going to go back to Sydney. So yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of uh, things that could potentially up and over the next
1: week. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we wish you all the best, um, Shane, tomorrow night, of course, against England and throughout the rest of the tournament. It's been very exciting so far. Great to see uh, the boys uh, hitting their straps early on. So uh, all the best for tomorrow night, mate, and, and good luck for the rest of the tournament as well.
12: Thanks, Sam. Have a great day. Thank you.
1: There you go. Shane Jurgensen there, the Black Caps bowling coach. And and like I mentioned, the the bowlers, I mean, I know Glenn Phillips got a lot of raps on Saturday for his innings, as he should. Um, But the bowlers really have been a standout for us in those first two games, Um, you know, restricting Australia to I think it was 111 and then uh, Sri Lanka to just 102. Um, we've been able to defend those totals pretty comfortably. So big game tomorrow night against England uh, in Brisbane um, and we're going to keep our eyes on that one because like he said there's always fireworks with England. I'm not going to talk about that game that, that, shouldn't, that we won't speak of. That which shall not be spoken of. I'm not even going to mention it but uh, it's going to be a great game tomorrow night. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we've got a jam-packed panel for you with uh, Graham Beasley, sports freak, and Brendan Bradford, a sports journalist out of Australia, covers every sport under the sun, um, and I know he had his eyes glued to uh, glued to basically every screen over the weekend. So uh, the panel coming up shortly after the break.
2: Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SNZ.
9: Talk, Big Opinions, the panel. Talk,
1: talk, talk to me, yeah. Yeah. Yep, panel time here in the morning's show, and uh, geez, it's got to be one of the most jam-packed panels we've ever had, um, with the amount of sport we had on over the weekend. We've got sports freaks Graham Beasley, and um, a very, very well-respected Kiwi journalist who's plying his trade over in Aussie, Brendan Bradford, on the line. Um, well, welcome in Graham first. G'day, Graham. Good morning, Logan. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, very and Brendan. I think we've got you there as well, mate. How are you doing?
8: Morning. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, jam packed, jam packed weekend of sports.
1: Oh, it was. First question for you, Brendan, is how much data did you go through? Because I know you were streaming uh, multiple, <laughs> multiple sports while you were watching the cricket at the stadium. So uh, your phone's still holding up.
8: Yeah, it was the battery I was worried about. That's um, the line. I was streaming the All Blacks on the way to the uh, the T Twenty on Saturday night, and. Uh, Try to keep up with the, the Blackburn score as well. Um, on Twitter, so it was a a (laughs) hectic couple of hours there, but we got through
1: it. Yeah, no, multiple screens, I think, in many households uh, over the weekend. Um, (laughs) Let's start with the All Blacks, shall we? And uh, look, a real mixed reaction, I think. Uh, We we ran talk back between 9 and 10 o'clock, and and on the calls and on the text machine as well. Sort of a mixed reaction. I mean, there's people obviously very um, disappointed with with what was only a seven-point win against uh, Japan, but then a lot of other people saying that, you know, this Japan team is a good team, and, and it was a... In in all respects, a B side for the All Blacks. Um, Graham, we'll start with you. What what did you make of of Saturday night in Tokyo?
13: Oh, uh, yes, another frustrating test watching the All Blacks this year. Really, um, I mean, seven points against Japan, and I know Japan are better than what they used to be, and they're um, and and they're better prepared and all that sort of stuff. But uh, Joseph came out last week. Jamie Joseph came out last week and said that the club competition in Japan is worse than the NPC. And you know, and, and they haven't obviously they haven't got Super Rugby at that level above that either. Um, and if we're going to beat a side like that by seven points and then make out that that's a good performance, it's just it's just another sort of um, notch in the um, in the in Foster bed, really. You know, we've had our worst ever performance against Ireland, Argentina, South Africa for 90 years, and now Japan in the same calendar year, and and we and we've just got to stop sort of brushing it under the carpet.
1: Yes, a point that I made, um, Graham, between 9 and 10 was that I think as a standalone game, had the All Blacks been tracking really well in 2022 and then a game like this yeah. comes about, you can understand the, you know, the rust and the, the combinations and the changes, but I just think those excuses are, are just wearing a little bit thin for, for All Blacks fans at the moment.
13: Yeah, that's a, a, a really good way of putting it, actually, because yeah, in, in, in itself it was still a win, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but it's, it's just another result in the long line of results um, and we've just got to stop um, pumping our tyres that, that, that we're good that when we play Australia. Because um, if, if you take Australia and the British League Cup, that they keep on saying is so important to us. If you put those to one side, it's, it's been a terrible year.
6: Mm.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure really we've got the answers, given that Foster basically is not that job until the World Cup. That's really not going to change. We're, we're sort of hamstrung now with the New Zealand rugby union's hamstrung with that decision that they've made. Um, Brendan, what, what did you make of, of Saturday night?
8: Yeah, I think I think you nailed it on the head. Like, if if the All Blacks had been having a good year and they put in a performance like this, and we've seen it in the past, you know, uh, lost to the Wallabies, I think that was in in Hong Kong or Singapore or somewhere like that about ten years ago, and you sort of strike it up to to rust and whatever. But coming off the the losses to you know Ireland and, and Argentina and stuff, uh, it's just building. And it, the question I have really is, yeah, we got Foster until the World Cup, but there's there's some tough decisions around some of the older guys in that team whether mm. they they hang on till next year because it's not about not just about bad performances this year. Everything I suppose from now is leading up into the World Cup in France next year. And uh, you know Dan Cole's injured in the warm up. Brody Retallick gone home. There's a few guys that you know legends, absolute like not taking anything away, absolute legends of the game and, and New Zealand legends as well. But are they going to be able to make it? For 12 months'
1: time at the World Cup. Mm. What are your thoughts on that, Graham? I know there's always a lot made about um, Sam Kane and yet another injury for him. Um, Brendan mentioned Dane Coles yeah. also coming home. What do you make of, I guess, some of the older players in the team?
13: Well, it is interesting, isn't it, that the three players coming home um, Sam Kane, Dane Coles, and Breda Ritalik all fit into that category, mm-hmm. I think, for uh, various reasons. I don't think Ritalik's really been the same since he came back from Japan. Um, And as an aside, I think he's a good example of why New Zealand rugby should question their decision to allow top class All Blacks to to go away to Japan. Because it always takes them, you know, so they go away for a year, but it always takes them at least a year until they get back to what they were when they come back. Yeah, it's
1: a a two-year sabbatical
13: almost. Yeah. see, It is, yeah. And so so they kind of paint it up as a six-month sabbatical, but in truth it's it's like a two-year sabbatical. So... I think as an aside, that whole thing needs to be looked at. But yeah, I mean I mean I can't see them getting more than twenty minutes a game out of Dane Coles. Um, and, and and that's now, not in a year's time. So I think they probably need to cut that one loose. And with um Asafa Amur playing just so well, why why wouldn't you give him more game time mm. and build him up to be to be the guy coming off the bench and having that impact? Um and yeah, well, it will be interesting to see who they make as captain now that um, Sam Kane's coming home and, and, and if that, in fact, will make any difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Right, let's move on to some more positive news, shall we? Um, The Black Ferns I think put in the uh, performance of the weekend I mean, basically all our our Kiwi teams won over the weekend, which was fantastic, but I think the Black Ferns uh, was probably the performance of the weekend, storming their way into a semi-final date with France. Uh, Someone did mention on the text machine that this is basically where the World Cup starts proper. Now the semi-finals, you've got the four best teams going head-to-head with one another. Uh, Brendan, um, how impressed have you been, I guess, with the Black Ferns in these pool games in the quarter final and do you think they've got what it takes to, to topple France in a semi final?
8: Yeah, I've been super impressed, especially the pressure of of playing at home as well. And um, yeah, you know, you, I don't think you can understate that as well. But fifty five three over Wales, um, and, and like yeah, like you said, the next next week is where the, the tournament really sort of starts and, and ramps up. And I think um you know New Zealand versus France in the knockout stage of the World Cup uh, I have plenty of bad memories of that, uh, but I've been super impressed by this <laughs> this, this New Zealand side. Um, and look, I don't want to look too far ahead, but I would love to see New Zealand-England in the final. I think they've been probably the two best teams of the tournament so far. Um, yeah, but not yeah, not
1: looking uh, past France because I've made that mistake before. Yeah. Um, Graham, is this, a, I guess, the true litmus test for for Wayne Smith? I mean, so much made of him taking over the, the Black side and what he's been able to do in such a short space of time. But is this, I guess, the true test for him this weekend?
13: Yeah, it is. And I don't think even he will really know how it's going to go this weekend. Um, so while he's clearly turned the team around and they've got that cohesion and they're playing a really good version of rugby, et cetera, they haven't played any side since he took over that have that grunt up front. Mm. And that's that's gonna be the issue that the back fans are gonna have in the weekend is how they go against, you know, a, a tough side up front. And that's where France beat us last year. Um, now obviously it's a totally different side this year. Well, totally different side in terms of the way they're playing the cohesion and the fitness, et cetera. Um, but are we gonna be able to match France up front? I don't think anyone's got a clue. Um, it's gonna be such a tough game to predict. You know, uh, uh, the Black Friends could easily win it by uh, 20 to 30 points if they get parity up front because of their backline. But conversely, France could win it by 20 points as well as mm. a, if they managed to suffocate us. And um, as I say, I don't really think there's any way of working out how it's going to go.
1: Yeah, real genuine question mark, which is exactly what you like in World Cup uh, knockout stages because it makes it very exciting to watch. Um, lads, just stay on the line there. We've got to take some news very, very shortly. When we come back, uh, we'll resume the panel. We'll talk some Black Caps and maybe a little bit about the Rugby League World Cup as well.
8: month on Spark Sport, catch the Rugby World Cup Finals, Rugby League World Cup Finals, Black Caps versus India, Champions League and more. ADM. Importing stock feed direct for your farm needs.
2: Auckland weather, cloudy periods, isolated showers, clearing this evening with northerlies. We've got a high of 22, dropping to low 14. You can catch live commentary of New Zealand taking on England at the T20 World Cup tomorrow night on SENZ.
10: Big talk, big opinions, the panel. to me, yeah.
1: Right back on the panel, uh, Graham Beasley out of Sports Freak, Brendan Bradford, sports journalist over in Australia, and, uh, and Sam Hewitt sitting in here for Smithy, who's away, of course, with the World Cup, and uh, Rick Dog is away six. So, Sammy taking you through until 12 o'clock. Um, let's go to some cricket, um, gents, and I'd love to say it's um, it's been fantastic viewing, but of course, we've had pretty much two or three games a day rained out, which isn't good. But the Black Caps played on Saturday against uh, Sri Lanka, and uh, what you were at the game, were you, Brendan?
8: I was there. I just went as a as a punter, as a fan, and um, I can tell you, after about three overs of our innings, and we were down uh, you know, fifteen fifteen runs, three wickets down. I was I was actually praying for a bit of rain. I thought we were in a lot of trouble. Um, and then yeah, Glenn Phillips uh, just comes out and and just puts on a masterpiece, and Daryl Mitchell as well was really good pitching in for twenty two. But um, privileged to see that that uh, Glenn Phillips Phillips inning and I. And I Privilege to see us catch the week before as well Against yeah. Australia um, It's, it's I, was, I was a little bit didn't, didn't really know how we were going into this one uh, But the, the win last week over Australia and a, and a really good Grinding win against Sri Lanka There's, there's some momentum starting to build here
1: yeah, I totally agree, and I think what's what's more impressive as well was the fact that we're getting it done on both sides—the the bowling and the batting—is is impressive. Uh, both sides of the coin. Graham, is that is that sort of how you are seeing it? The Blackcaps sit number one in the group at the moment. They face England tomorrow night. But are you starting to think that maybe you know this, this is a tournament that we can definitely go on and win? Do we dare to dream,
13: dare to believe, <laughs> or whatever? Dream, dream big, yes. Games yes. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's looking so good so far. Um, you would say that, yeah, I, I, I think a really good thing about the squad that we've got is that it's the newer players, the ones that aren't known by other sides that are that are really standing out. And I'm thinking in particular there, it's Finn Allen and Glenn Phillips. Mm. Um, so a lot of these sides wouldn't have played against them. And so that gives the the whole sort of squad a bit of a freshness about it. Um, and you would add in Chapman, Chapman and Bracewell to that too, even though neither of those played on Saturday night. Um, it just sort of means that the, the opposition coaches and all the mega money and all the money ball that's involved in t 20 cricket, they haven't had the ability to scout those players. So it just means that there's a whole lot of a fresher look to the particularly the batting than there has been in the past. So how do you, how do you cope with Finn Allen? How do you cope with Ben Phillips? And I don't think the opposition sides have really sort of worked that out. And then you've got the uh, uh, solidity of Conway, Williamson and Mitchell around them as well. Um and, and I just think it's a really good balance of the got at the moment. Southy and and particularly Tim Southey is in the form of his life. This yeah. sort of Southey version two point zero or three point zero or four point zero or whatever that he is at the moment is um absolutely superb.
1: Who do you think we want to meet, um, Graham, you know, if we're talking about a T twenty World Cup final? I know who we don't want to meet, of course that's Australia. But who who do you who do you think we actually match up really well against?
13: Um Pound for pound, we've actually got quite a good record against India, actually, in these, in these competitions. Um, obviously, we beat them in that semi-final in the 50-over World Cup that we don't talk about. Yes. Um, but, but we've beaten them in a few T 20 games as well. And I just think, um, I think often when we play India, we've got the advantage that they might get a bit complacent when they play us. So I think we've got that in the back pocket. And, of course, everyone wants to play South Africa in a, um, in a knockout game too. Mm. Uh,
1: England tomorrow night. Um, Brendan, uh, what do you reckon we've got to be careful of playing? They're always great matches, um, black caps England, um, especially at World Cups. But, uh, yeah, what do you reckon we've got to be wary of tomorrow evening?
8: Yeah, that England, England hitting at the top of the order. Um, and, and it's going to be such a, a fascinating matchup with Southie with and Bolt. And then you know Lockie Ferguson coming in as well, Um, but they just had to just the top of their or their English batting order is so powerful and uh, so experienced as well. Um, And and yeah, look they've they've sort of England have sort of built this white ball sort of culture around you know after the uh, the disaster they had in the 2015 uh, 50 over World Cup and you know what they did to to get to the the game that we don't talk about in 2019 and. um, Come along here. I think the T Twenty is their their sort of next goal um, after you know going well in, in Tests and obviously winning that World Cup. Mm. Um, so this is the next one. But uh, the the, the match up between Bolton and Saudi, um and their top order. I mean, after about four overs on Saturday, I think uh, Bolt had three wickets. Trent uh, Southie had had bowled two overs, one wicket for one run, and, and it was just phenomenal. Um, so yeah, really intriguing match up tomorrow.
1: Do you think I know? It's only two games, and for us, so it's, it's it is I guess in all measures early days. But do you think it sort of suits us, Brendan? Um, you know, setting the target as opposed to to chasing. I just feel like with the batters that we've got, and then the way we can defend a total with those bowlers, just sort of suits us more than you know maybe chasing something.
8: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's just that, you know that comes down to the class and experience of the bowling lineup that we have, and also you know. Against Australia, it was it was Finn Allen just taking it to them and just ripping the game away from the top. Now Saturday they had to play it a different way, lost a couple of early wickets, and you know you got to spend a you know over or two solidifying, and then Glenn Phillips just goes nuts, and was sort of you know really well supported by the guys he did bat with. So it just shows that there's that that flexibility there. We, you know we can bat in different situations, but yeah, certainly I think. Ideally, we'd we'd be defending a total um, with with the bowling lineup that we've got.
1: And uh, just before we let you go, gents, uh, Rugby League World Cup. We are heading into the business uh, stage of that as well. The Kiwis uh, are going to play quarter final against Fiji next weekend. Uh, Graham, the Rugby League World Cup, does that register on your radar at all?
13: It's a bit like the Women's Rugby World Cup, and that I kind of feel it starts now mm. as well. Um, I mean, I've been I've been following it. I've been watching some of the Kiwi games, keeping an eye on things, but. It sort of feels like it's now that the, that the tournament begins. And um, having a quarterfinal against Fiji brings back some memories of a match that I went to in Wellington in 2017. Which mm. was one of the worst international <laughs> games that I've ever <laughs> Was it 4-2? The...
1: Was it 4-2 the end score?
13: Fiji and Sean Johnson came up with that quote, you guys got what you wanted at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just terrible. The weather was terrible, the rugby league was worse, and we lost a Ford. so. I like to think that things have turned around a bit since then.
1: Yeah, I I hope so too. Um, Brendan, I know you're a massive uh, rugby league fan. What what have you made of the Kiwis? Because I, myself, am just a little bit nervous. I thought going into the World Cup, we had it all going for us. Best team on paper, number one ranked side in the world. We had played so well against Tonga in that mid-year international. And when you look at some of the other favourites like Australia, you know, hadn't played international rugby league in three years. But it's sort of been the reverse. I mean, Aussie have been firing on all cylinders and the Kiwis sort of just haven't quite hit their straps yet.
8: Yeah, I was the same. I was pretty confident, you know, confident going in that we had a great team and and you know we were going to roll through this group stages. But we've had a couple of sort of scratchy kind of wins and not filling you with confidence. Um, that win against Ireland the other day, not the not the prettiest game you've ever seen. Mm. Um, but like you say, like it, it's always going to take a little bit of time to to gel to to form these combinations. We've seen it with the Kiwis at at past tournaments, like the the O eight World Cup is. The classic example i go back to we played australia and in the opening game of that one we got pumped um but you know six weeks later the the, the combinations are there they're, they're flowing they're gelling um and you know go on to win that world cup um and you know, I, i'm just yeah I, I don't know whether it's it's the, it's the same here we've got just star players that just need to find their groove a little bit but um definitely the tournament starts at fiji and you'd want to be We'd want to be putting a, a pretty big score on Fiji next week.
1: Yeah, I think, I think this is the game we've got to really get it right um, if we want any chance of Australia in the semi-final. Um, right, gents, a uh, quick one before you go. Uh, three World Cups on at the moment, T20, Women's Rugby World Cup and uh, Rugby League World Cup. Which one, of the one, which one of the three are we winning, do you think? Brendan, you first.
8: I'll go to T20. Right. I, I've been carried away. I've been, I've been caught up in, the, in, the, uh, in the, the, the last couple of wins and I'll back us to win this one finally.
13: Brilliant. Graham? Well, I know it's Halloween, and I don't want to make it sound like that, but I'm picking three losing finals.
8: Oh,
1: you can't. we we'll
13: make the final all three, and we'll lose all three.
1: Oh, you can't.
13: You pessimist. You pessimist. You're, you're br- you're br- I am a pumpkin i got my pumpkin next to me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, gents, really appreciate you coming on. Um, always good to chat. Um, Graham, go well. And uh, and Brendan, really appreciate you coming on um, with us today as well. That is the panel there. Uh, we will catch up with those guys again in the future. I am sure such great talent. And, uh, yeah, some awesome thoughts too around all of our big sporting events over the weekend. Uh, we'll take a short break. When we come back, lots of texts here on the timberbed Post text machine. I'll get through to
2: those after this. On NZ.
1: Going to the dark side.
0: Sounds ominous, Logues Who's that? Ah, Blink one eight two Blink one eighty two. Well they come they come back to New Zealand, right? In two thousand and twenty four. It's a long two time away, but away. I, I I got my tickets. I got my Did tickets. You? Oh, yeah. nice, nice. Um
1: can update you on the Formula One, Max Verstappen just uh finishing up in pole position. He has won the race. So another race win for Max, I think. Last week, was it last Grand Prix, he equaled Michael Schumacher's single season race record. So he's broken that now. Either that or he has matched it this week. Lewis Hamilton uh, finishing in second. Sergio Perez in third. So a uh, double podium for Red Bull, who have already wrapped up the Constructors' Championship. And uh, Max has the uh, Drivers' Championship as well. Lots of text here on the timberbed Post text machine um, from the last hour, which I did want to get to. Um, so I'll try and rip through a couple if I can. Uh, Chris has said South Africa and Black Caps will probably meet in the final. Wouldn't that be? great to underachievers that's from Chris I don't know about underachievers I think probably overachievers right I think New Zealand is still in that mould or in that mindset of you know Australia India those sort of two teams at the top you might put England in around there and we sort of sit in that sort of tier below that's certainly how I think people around the world view New Zealand so I would say we're overachievers South Africa definitely underachievers considering where they sort of sit in world cricket and the fact that they've never been able to uh, to even, when was the last time they made a final? But I guess we haven't won one, so maybe we are underachieving. We haven't won the final, but I'd love to see us do it this year. Wouldn't that be great? And imagine if we played Aussie in the final, just a bit of retribution for last year in 2015. Um, Blair says 100% agree with your views on the All Blacks. Next week, the A team will also come off a six week break, so chances are it will be rinse and repeat. Knowing this all, why didn't more ABs play the back end of the NPC? I sort of agree, Blair. I don't think you can blame that rust if you were just keeping them sitting on the couch at home and, and resting them. You can't then come out and say, oh, well, it's because we had six weeks off. It's like, well, can we not have the boys playing rugby? Oh, I personally, this is my, my opinion, you don't have to agree with this, but um, I don't, I'm not a massive fan of rest and rotation. Is rugby a hard game? Of course it is. But in the NRL, they play 25 weeks basically back-to-back with one bye week in there. And for a lot of players, they back up from week to week. There is no rest and rotation. Um, I'm a big fan of the NHL. Extremely physical game, Um, both sort of aerobically and aerobically, but also they take hits. Um, The ice is very hard. The body's sore after a game. 82-game season. And Phil Kessel, who's a bit of a legend in the NHL, has just racked up his 990th, or did he play yesterday? So 991 now, consecutive game. In the NHL, hasn't missed a game in 991 games. It's and you,
0: remarkable. And you know what? He is the ultimate
1: dad bod. He he is he he. I saw something that um, he never drinks water. He only <laughs> ever drinks blue Powerade and Coca Cola. <laughs> and, and the rumored hot dogs as well. And the hot dogs of course yeah in between periods probably. Um but 990 consecutive games, right? Yet we need to take 6 weeks off to uh just make sure that we're at 100%. Uh what a load of rubbish. Japan almost beat France and they just played Aussie A. So they have been playing. Yeah. I mean the France if you if we're going to if we are going to throw out the excuses. I mean France that was basically their C or even D team that they played at the end of their season. Um you know, I do take your point. Japan are and are a tough team to beat. They are a tough team to beat. I still don't think they're world class, though. I mean, they've won three of their last twelve games. I don't think they're in the route in the echelon of of Ireland and France and England, etc. Um, but that's just me. Uh, the All Blacks have not been in camp for six weeks. They had a one camp one week camp in Nelson. Uh, look at the rugby talent and coaches in Japan of the last twenty years. Do you think they did? You think they wouldn't improve? That's a bit disrespectful. Of course not. Of course I thought. I, of course I want them to improve. I mean, you don't go from losing one hundred and forty-four-seven or whatever that score was back in ninety-five to the, the result we saw on the weekend. If you don't improve, um, I just don't buy the argument that the rest, the whole rest of the world is caught up to the All Blacks. I just think we've taken steps backwards. That's what I think. Um, A couple more here. Uh, We'll take one more short break and uh, I'll see if I can get to a few of them after that as well. We're going to catch up with Paul Mawati and Louis Herman Watts.
2: Nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
1: Welcome back into Mornings with Smithy. Uh, Smithy in Australia for the T20 World Cup and Rick Dog is away sick today so Sam Hewitt taking you through until midday before we palm it off to Steph and uh, I bet his midday man is going to be a big one today. We'll catch up with him a little bit later in the hour. Uh, coming up very shortly, Brandy, Greg Alexander of course SEN host and NRL commentator is going to come on chat some Rugby League World Cup with us and then we're going to have a stumped uh, stumped by Sam, probably, Um, just before 11.30, your chance to win. Thanks to the TAB. A few texts, though, on the Timber Post text machine. Jason says, "Uh, we've nailed it. NFL plays 20 weeks in a row, NRL 30 weeks in a row, but the All Blacks can't play more than four or five weeks in a row or at any other stage of the year. That's from Jason. Um, Zane says, Sammy, I put 10 bucks on a multi for the Kiwis to win the Rugby League World Cup, Women's Rugby World Cup, and T20. Paying $55. bucks. let us go, Zane. It's a great bet, mate. That's a great bet. Let's hope they all come in and uh, unlike Graham Beasley's prediction we don't lose three finals. I couldn't handle that. I couldn't handle three losses and three finals. Uh, Craig says, Sam, do you know if Razor was offered the NZA or whatever they call it, All Black 15 team? If not does that mean they're lining up Liam McDonald as the next All Blacks coach? Great question Craig. I think uh, from memory it wasn't and that's why Razor took the Barbarians coaching role. I could be wrong there but I'm not sure he was offered the New Zealand 15. Um, I'm not sure if they view it as a Pathway into an all blacks role. Um maybe maybe that is how they how they're thinking with Leon there in the wings. But um look, if if they need a new coach at the end of next year's World Cup, if it's not Razor, then I think that's just another blunder that the NZR will have made. Um another text in here says we won't lose on this tour but rugby in New Zealand is not what it used to be. They want to be boardroom people. They lost me when they separated the ABs from us. Sold part of our game to the corporate world, saying it was good for the game. It is good for the AB franchise, not New Zealand rugby. The ABs feel like a professional franchise, not a national team that you aspire to be in. It's about income stream, not the black jersey. Great text in there. No name, uh, so put your name to it and let us know where you're listening from, but uh, a good text nevertheless. Um, Mark says, the ABs won't win the World Cup with foster coaching and I doubt they'll beat Scotland, Wales or England. Uh, so, or England is 90 oh sorry is, it is 90% the coach that's from Mark 90% the coach remark. Um everyone's just pissed that Fozzie is coach now everything and everything that the ABs do will be harshly criticised if Razor was coach it would have been described as development but the media is on a witch hunt to end Fozzie's reign I'm not even sort of out to to sack Fozzie to be honest I, I'm, I really just have question marks across the whole team and that includes the coaching staff but I'm not I'm not holding Ian Foster's head on a pipe trying to get rid of him. I think, um, yeah, there's just, I, I hold the flame more to NZR to be honest and I almost feel sorry for Fozzie given how NZR went about the whole process and, you know, the way it's all panned out. Um, I'll get through a couple more of your texts uh, in a little bit but uh, right now uh, we've got on the line a favourite of the show on a Monday, of course, and host and NRL commentator and an NRL great himself. It's uh, Greg Alexander. Brandy, welcome in.
6: Thanks,
7: Sam. Good to
1: talk, mate. Yeah, good to talk to you, mate, as well. We're uh, we're getting to the business end of the Rugby League World Cup, which is fantastic. Uh, a couple of, uh, another big uh, few blowouts uh, over the weekend. Brandy, I was going to ask you how you're coping with these uh, with these early mornings like me, but you're used to it, aren't you, with the breakfast radio? It's a different world for me.
7: Uh, not, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah it, it, it takes a while to get used to, but uh, breakfast radio is, you know, it's around up at 4, 4.30, sort of in between that time, but, uh, the uh, the times of the World Cup, uh, we have we're going to be in it. Fox at four o'clock, so uh, it, it, it's been tough. But there's only a few to go, and um, I'm sure we're, we're down to the business end, as you said, Sam. And I think we're all made for this time of the tournament. We're sort of uh, you know blowing up up until now, and quarterfinals will probably probably easy games for the for England, England and Australia. But I just certainly interesting. Um, I'll be watching the quarter
1: quarterfinal. Yeah, and it's interesting, um, Brandy, because I think you're right in that um, the quarterfinals probably are set as well in terms of, of the victors that are going to come out of it. But I still think it's a massive game for the Kiwis. I don't think the Kiwis have really fired a warning shot uh, to the World Cup yet. Meanwhile, England and Australia very much showing that you know they, they could meet in a final. So I think that game against Fiji in the quarterfinal for New Zealand is critical for... You know, working out that cohesion. I feel like they've been clunky. Jerome Hughes, great to have him back in the side against uh, Ireland, and he played a, a starring role. But I, I think it, I think it's massively important for New Zealand this game against Fiji. Uh,
7: yeah, it, it, yeah, it is. I guess in terms of you know what they present against Fiji and how 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 fluent they look. Um, but I, I was super impressed with Jerome Hughes. Boy, you. You, you, you didn't realise what you were missing until you watched him play on the weekend. Mm. He, he was fantastic. So that that certainly adds. And I've always said that the Kiwis will provide a platform for their best players, Hughes Brown and Joey Manu. And, you know, it's just whether they can do enough to you know, beat Australia in the semi final, and that's, and that's what it boils down to. And I'm always looking for a better performance from the Kiwis, but I, I, I don't... I, 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 I don't take much notice. They, they find themselves in the top teams that they know they're going to beat, uh, it's, you know it's all about by how much they're going to beat them. So they do as team and as a teams that sort of are just getting finding their feet and their combinations. They find themselves in weird territory where they're playing games that uh, the win is already been decided, just by how much. I'm discounting whatever happens in these games and just worrying about who's going to be better by the time it comes to, to semi-final time and, and who's got the best team because these blokes play NFL week in, week out. Uh, the result isn't decided before they run under the field. And uh, I think we've situations where uh, tries and breaks and off-weight like, a little easier than what they normally do. And sometimes temptation is too much. We should see sides like Australia and New Zealand look a bit clunky because they've made it. But when they play each other, they'll go back to what works. And that's big game football, defense kicking, and, uh, you know, relying on the... You know, just a 10% of, um, you know, they're brilliant players deciding the game.
1: Yeah, no, I do agree with you, um, Brandy, and I know um, a few people were making comments about the the New Zealand four-pack hasn't really started to get going, but they're still working out those combinations as well. I think Madge is still trying to work out yeah. what his starting side is going to be, um, you know, in, in light of an Australian semi-final. What about um what about England? Because they've really surprised me. I, I Going into this tournament, you know, obviously you had the Kiwis up there as favourites with Australia, and then we looked at Samoa and Tonga as those sort of teams just in behind. England I didn't really have in my equations, Brandy, but they... Arguably, have been the best team in the in the group stages.
7: I think you're right in saying that they've been the best team because they have looked the most fluent, haven't they? They've, mm.
4: they've
7: you know, they haven't looked clunky like the Australians or the Kiwis. Uh, they've looked good right from the the off of the World Cup where they smashed the mal So uh, you probably underestimated England, and I, I guess. We do because we don't know a great deal, and we don't know what to expect from their Super League players. Yeah, um, you know, are not sure how they will go against the, the, you know, the might of the NRL, you know, stars that fill up the Queens uh, the New Zealand and the, the Australian team. But players like, well, we know George Williams was a good player, but didn't have a great Super League season. But he's been fantastic. Jack Welsby at uh, all fullback has been very good for them. Then, you know throw Victor Rowling into the mix, and Victor looked like he's given he's provided a fair bit of for the um for the english team and hopefully he's or his elbow is involved continue in the in the uh, the tournament but you're right it has' been a, a bit of a revelation and uh really I think at this start because of the side of the draw that they're on, they would be disappointed if they don't at least make the final, yeah. Uh, but it does set up for a great semi-final between them and either Samoa get a second crack at them or they'll play Tonga.
1: Yeah, and Tonga is absolutely flying as well. 92 points to 10 uh, win over Cook Islands this morning. Um, so they are absolutely hissing. Um, let's talk about Australia because that's the team that everyone's got their eyes on here, Brandy. We know we're probably going to meet them in the semi-final. And I guess the big question, and it's probably been a question everyone's been asking since day one, is is who's that halves combination? What's it going to look like? You've had Cleary and, and Daddy Cherry Evans playing alongside each other, but of course that tried and true combination is is DCE and Cam Munster. What do you, what do you think's the, the winning combination Combination hitting into knockout football. Um, I
7: I think Cleary deserves a a crack at it, uh, going you know off off the back of what he's done over the last few years. And when you're talking combinations, I I think the Cleary Yo combination is probably just as important as you know what the DCE combination might mean to Australia. Hmm. So, Myles kept his cards very close to his chest. He, he, I think this is you know. Not just this situation with Mel, but I think Mel just really wasn't comfortable um picking a a seventeen a top seventeen number of the most players the that particular tournament. That's why we've gone with the numbers that we have. So both got some points to make, but um, you know, I, I think it'll be clear in the halves, and I think Yell will play lock, and you know I think the combination of young
1: and Oh, I think we might. I think we might have lost him there. Oh, we got no. We got you back. We got you back. Sorry, Brandon. Think we just lost you for half a second there, mate. Um, well, who do you think poses the biggest threat to? I guess uh, New Zealand and Australia is it? Is it Tonga? Is it Samoa? Are those two teams sort of jostling it out for? I guess upsetting the rest of the tournament. Uh, I
7: do It's hard. It's hard to. Say, I, I don't think there's much between those sides. Like I think that's a very even, as is Group A with Australia and New Zealand. not mm. hair between the two, and you know, Tonga Samoa and England. Well, well, you know, England beat Samoa, but you'd think off the back of what we've seen seen Samoa do that they've improved enough to be competitive against England, So I, I really don't know which one. You know, I, I'm predicting um, Australia England will play the final, but. You know, it's a long way from being decided. That, you know, it could be the, of the side to do it, just whether they're quick on the day. Um, you know, imagine has got decisions to make for his team too. That there's a lot of outstanding candidates. Uh, you know, front rowers, uh, even back rowers, mm. come up. With best side for the Kiwis. Um, so uh, it, it really is pretty open amongst all those teams. Anyone could. Either Samoa or England, I would not be surprised with. you're
1: playing New Zealand. Yeah, I agree An open com- and, and what, just so great to have that at a World Cup, isn't it? An open competition where we are sort of talking about four, yeah. five, six teams in the mix. It's, it's fantastic. Just before we let you go, uh, Brandy, what about the teams that aren't going to feature in the knockout stages? Who's a team that, I guess, has impressed you the most that, you know, they're not going to be playing in the quarterfinals of the semis but they've really stepped up in this World Cup and shown that, you know, that rugby league is developing pretty strongly around the world?
7: Yeah, look, I... I guess I was pretty impressed with Italy's performance, having only one NRL player in that side. And I know the score ended up 66 to 6, but I, I was pretty impressed with their effort and what they were able to do with the ball at the times, and I thought they'd for the 80 minutes. Um, uh, look, I, I've loved watching from the side, you know, like the maker that... Um, I was out of our local competition line. Like I didn't even know there was a before the last couple years. I didn't know there was a competition there probably wasn't, <laughs> but, um, but I, I think PNG. Yeah, you know, I, I think PNG. Yeah, you know, I love watching PNG, mm. uh, and the fact that we've got a lot of players now playing, you know, for the hunters and playing in the Queensland Cup. I think that helps them, and uh, with a sprinkling of an hour um, know, I've, I've enjoyed watching yeah, uh, I, I think they can,
1: yeah, they can push England in the quarter Yeah, absolutely. Um Brandy, appreciate you coming on as always. My friend, uh enjoy those knockout stages and uh yeah, let's hope for an Australia uh New Zealand semi-final which is going to be an absolute cracker. Appreciate your time and we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. Good on you Sam. Good to, good to chat. There you go, uh, Greg Alexander there out of Australia. Might have been in, uh, driving through a tunnel uh, for a little bit, so <laughs> apologies for the uh, for the bad connection, but got a little bit of the gist there. Look, it, it is, as Brandy said, all pointing towards that semi-final between New Zealand and Australia, isn't it? That really is uh, the World Cup final come early for us, especially. Um, would love to know your thoughts, though. Maybe double eight double three, or give me a call if you want, 0800 If you think Australia is too big a task for the Kiwis, Based on what you've seen, and if we do win it against Australia, is do you think that's us? Do you think we go all the way? Um, because that other side is, is is tougher. Let's be honest with Samoa, Tonga, and England all on the same side. That is a tougher side of the draw. You'd think the team that comes out of that, um, you know, is going to give whoever it is in the final a, a right crack. So, what do you reckon? Do you think the Kiwis are still uh, hot favourites to uh, to win the Rugby League World Cup? I like to stay optimistic, and I think we will come right. I'm just. I just hope it's against Fiji. If, if we're not 100% this weekend, I'll I'll start to get a little bit nervous about Australia in a semi-final, but it's great viewing nevertheless. Uh, we'll take a short break. When we come back, Um, we've got plenty of texts I want to get through. Yours uh, as well, double eight double three or 0800 if you want a quick chat. Um, and we've got Stunt coming up very shortly as well, just before the 11.30 news. So we'll take a break, come back with your calls after this.
2: Voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SNZ.
1: Coming up at 11.23 here on SENZ. Cole's just texting saying, why is Brandy on Mars? Yeah, I know it was a little bit hard to hear him, but hopefully we got the gist of the conversation. Uh, 0800 oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven, if you want to give us a call. And we've got a couple here, hopefully we'll talk some rugby league. Uh, Brent from Christchurch, g'day. G'day, mate, how are you? Very, very well. You want to talk some rugby league? Yeah,
8: I've enjoyed watching the Kiwis play. Uh, the three I haven't got sparked. I've only been able to watch the Kiwis games. But um, after watching them and then hearing the other results of the likes of the Englands, the way they've played, and Australia, the way they've played, uh, I'm not as optimistic of staying away the, the cup at the end of the tournament as I was at the start of it. Mm. I think um, if the Kiwis don't get, pull something out of the bag this week, mate, they might even struggle against VG, and, uh, which is a bit, of a bit of a worry after watching the game last weekend. And uh, I think if they do get through to the final, mate, the palms are going to be bloody hard to beat. They're, out, they're yep. playing out of this world at the moment, and uh, I'm kind of leaning towards them taking
1: it out. Yeah, mate, and at home as well. You know, that's, that's giving them some massive energy, and I don't think we can undervalue as well. I know me and Kempi have been saying this on Running It Straight. We can't undervalue those home grounds for England. You know, they're, they're a lot tighter. Um, the in goals are smaller, um, but, but, you know, you're a lot closer to the pitch, so you feel, I know from a player's point of view, they feel a lot more crammed for space. Um, And that's why you know the kicking game hasn't been as big a factor um, at this World Cup, and and see England are very used to it, aren't they, with all their Super League players? So um, I think they could play into their hands very, very nicely. Um, Brent, appreciate your call. Um, Thanks for calling in. I think we go to John next from Auckland. G'day, John.
9: Yeah. G'day. G'day. Uh, No, it's been awesome watching all these World Cups going on at uh, the one time. Yeah. I think uh, for the in terms of the Rugby League World Cup. Uh, it's especially good that they're going into the quarter-final stage. I mean, um, if you would have seen the last three results, it, it was, what, 94-4, 92-10, 72-something. You know, it was, just, it was ridiculous, mate. I think maybe in the future, because rugby league is not that global, um, but it's the best game in the world, I think, they should do something like the T20 World Cup.
1: The play-in tournament, you yeah. Know,
9: yeah, the play-in tournament, and then you go into a maybe a top-six and then, um, obviously, the games will be closer because, um, yeah, I think that top six is going to be great. Even Papua New Guinea, mate. I mean, they're playing England. You know, never underestimate Papua New Guinea. They came close against Tonga. They beat Fiji. Um, a funny stat, though, we've played Fiji once and we've lost. I'm talking about the Kiwis. So, yeah,
1: 2017. Uh, that was the last
9: World Cup. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's interesting, John. 14, like, I wonder... Mate,
1: I wonder if they could do a sort of a play-in type style that then meets the top... I don't know whether it's a, a six-team or an eight-team comp that you get f- out of that play-in tournament, but then all those teams play each other once and then you get semi-finals out of that. Yeah. Um, and then you are seeing you know the Kiwis in Australia play in the sort of group stages and, and going up against it, which would great create some really good games in the group stages as well. Mm. Um, but I think you're right, I mean... I sort of think back to 2015 uh, in the All Blacks. You remember that World Cup where um, we really didn't fire in the group stages, and you know everyone was talking about how rusty yeah, we were, and we yeah. were, dro- you know, execution wasn't there. And then we came out and smashed France, you know, in the quarter final. Yeah, and I, I think right. we almost need something similar from the Kiwis, don't we? We need a really complete, well rounded performance against Fiji um, that'll hopefully then take us into a semi final. But. Uh, yeah, we'll, we will wait and see. Uh, we have got one more before we get to the news, and it's Joey. G'day, Joey. Yeah,
4: g'day Sam. Yeah, look, look. I, I think our cohesion is not not going too good at the moment. Um, I don't think we'll beat. Uh, I think we'll beat Fiji, but even if we play well against Fiji, uh, I think Aussie. Uh, I think Aussie will roll us. Uh, being a Kiwi, I'd love to see us win against Aussie. I think whoever whoever beats us out of New Zealand, and Australia wins it. Yep. I think they'll but they'll both, both, we'll both beat England, but, um, and it's a shame we're on the the same side of the the draw, but from what I've seen from the Kiwis, uh, yes, at the beginning, I thought we'd probably be favourites, but, you know, Mel Meninga, also too, as a coach, played for Australia, bled for Australia, Um, he will get, he will get them up, you know, and Madge, don't get me wrong, Madge is a good coach, but. Um, he hasn't had that that sort of side of it, With Mel Meninga has, mm. and also too, I think um, Sam, I think we haven't got a good goal kicker at the moment. No, and, we don't. Uh, kicking goals, kicking goals will cost us in the end, and it always does when you're playing, you know, uh, against the really good size and tight games. And they've got two good goal kickers, you know, especially in Clery, and I think Clery will play in the semi final. Um, and I just think we've been too clunky. Hughes is very good; he's been playing well. But um, our go forward with our forwards, um, they don't seem to be running onto the ball. As, you know, from way back, you know, they they seem to be getting the ball and then running at quite crucial times. And the sides we've played, let's face it, haven't been strong. No disrespect to them, but they haven't been strong. Um, and I just I think Australia will roll us.
1: Yeah,
4: I, I hope not. Obviously, in a Kiwi, but yeah. um, I just we can't
1: see it mate yeah. yeah well I I think you made yeah. a good point about the middle forwards there because uh, I think we have been struggling a little bit for the go forward I read an interesting thread on Twitter about how teams are doing a really good job of squeezing us in the middle um, and it means that we're not getting the platform to go out wide so against a team like Australia that that will really cost us if we if we were to smash Fiji on the weekend would that go a little bit to convincing you that maybe we can do it against Aussie or are you, or are you convinced now that we're no. we're no chance no I I,
4: I think we're we're 70-30 against Australia in Australia's favour. Okay. I just think the Meninga, the Meninga side of it with them, um, as I said, you know, he, he's, he's been there, done everything, and he will he will just be, you know, and, and you want to play for, not saying you don't want to play for Madge, but it, it's, it's a little bit different. And, and I just think we, we've just been, we're just not playing great football. It's so predictable, Stan, you know, at, at the moment. And, and the last thing I'll say to you is I think Wales could roll us in the... I think well, this is the best chance for Wales to roll us this Saturday, Sunday in the um, for the first time, you know,
11: in a long, long time.
1: I actually I agree sunny. with you. I agree with you there, Joey. I think it's the best chance for for both of those teams, Wales and Scotland, to uh, to beat us. It's yeah, a prime opportunity for them. Appreciate your call, Joey. Appreciate all your calls on oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Uh, Vaughan just texted here saying the Kiwis will be fine. They're just waiting for the big games. The closer matches will match their style. If anything, the goal kicking is our major concern. I um, I yeah, I, I take your point, Vaughan. I'm I'm not um I'm I'm a little bit nervous. A little bit worried, but I definitely have faith in the boys. I think if they can string it together, I mean we do have the best spine probably in the competition up there with Australia. It's going to be a, an amazing semi-final. It really will be like a final, and it may come down to two or four points, in which case the goal kicking is going to be crucial. So let's hope they do get it going because uh, you know I love my rugby league, I love my Kiwis, I love my Warriors, and uh, there'd be nothing better than the Kiwis twenty twenty two Warriors twenty twenty three combination. Is that too big a call? Probably too soon. But I do also put my faith in Andrew Webster. Give us a call 0800 150 if you want to play Stumped. Stumped by Sammy's going to come up after the news. Your chance to win a $50 bonus bet thanks to the TAB. Give us a call now 0800 150 811.
5: Ian Smith's had a good match here.
10: Stumped by Smithy. Ian
5: Smith really is top class at his job.
0: Yeah, Ian Smith is top class at his job here on the SNZ Mornings with Ian Smith. It's time for Stumped, but uh, as you said earlier in the show, we've had to go to the third-string quarterback, Sam Hewitt, mate. Yep. You know how Stumped works, but uh, how do you like your chances? Look, third-string QB, you can't expect too much of me, okay? I'm
1: here to, to do a job. But you can't expect a, a thirty-point win, so uh, tempered expectations. I think tempered expectations.
0: As long as you don't pull a Hammy, and we now have to sub in the, um, the, four, the who the, is the fourth string? The, 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 the fourth string would be the, the holder for the place kick. Oh, the special teams. Yeah, I see <laughs> the special teams. Yeah, yeah, nice. So, over grabs today, fifty dollars TAB bonus bet. First at the crease, we have Hayden from Auckland. Come in, mate. Hi, how you doing? Good. Yeah, big weekend of sport. What, what did you watch? Uh, watched
5: a lot of the NBA during the days. Watched the UFC on Sunday. Watched the All Blacks, um, cricket, <laughs> Everything. everything, Yeah, he was Ooh. yeah.
1: It's a man who knows how to use his time wisely. I was going to say you better had, you, <laughs> hope you had some brownie points uh, saved up with the with the other half there, Hayden.
5: No, I didn't have my kid this weekend.
0: Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's what you need. Free time. Brilliant. All right. Well, uh, just quickly, this is how the game works. We have three categories to choose from today. Get a question wrong, it's over to Sammy for a chance to knock your bales off. Get out within the first two questions, and it's on to the next caller in line. Get dismissed on the final question, and we will jackpot jackpot tomorrow. Now, Hayden, your topics today are the A League, the Rugby League World Cup, and World Series Baseball. Take your pick. Uh,
5: I'll go World Series Baseball. Oh. <laughs>
0: You'll get me on this
1: one. You'll get me on this one. All right, good Unless luck. Unless you got a Red Sox question in there. <laughs> Logan?
0: Well, we'll see about Don't that. give too much away. Don't give too much away. All right, first question for you, Hayden. <clears throat> the World Series began over the weekend. Can you name the two teams that are contesting this year's title?
5: <laughs> Asht- uh, Houston Astros and Philadelphia Phillies.
0: let not called cop- that chips. No, no wicket. Right in the slot, and the way it goes. Yeah, and Sammy, to answer your question now, so I don't give anything away here. No, no Boston Red Sox questions here because they're not playing in the World Series. Mm, okay, okay. I, I was yeah. taking a year off. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, taking a year off. Yeah, sure, whatever. All right, <laughs> second question for you, Hayden. The Astros have won one World Series. What year was that? Um. Oh. Uh,
4: 2020?
11: One of the worst things I have ever seen Ooh. done on a cricket field.
0: All right, so you're clearly not banging on trash, uh, trash cans and yeah. stealing signals here, Sam. Oh, that's you've
1: done the hard work for me, Hayden, because I was thinking either 2019 or 2020, I'm going to go 2019.
0: One of the worst oh. things
11: I have ever seen
1: done on a was it earlier was it 2018 it wasn't last year mm,
0: go back a little bit more 2017 against wow, the LA was Dodgers that long ago? I know okay. it doesn't feel like it eh yeah
1: I guess because all the cheating stuff only came
0: out like a year or two ago makes me think that it was more recent but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we carry on so you're still alive Hayden last question $50 TAB bonus bet still could be yours how many World Series have the Philadelphia Phillies won in their history
11: uh No. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field.
1: I feel
0: like that was the answer Sam was going to give.
1: No, no. um, I have no idea. I just hope it's not something like 7 or 13. I'm just going to go for you. If it's not zero, I'm going to go for one.
11: One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Is it 7 or 13?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is it 7 or 13? I tell me that. You were close to 1980 and 2008. Okay, So by the powers of B With the way that Stump just played You still win Hayden because uh, oh. Sam got it wrong <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a terrible wicketkeeper awesome. mate I'm a terrible wicketkeeper So a $50 Tabby bonus bet is yours mate Hold the line and Brian will get your details
10: Thank you mm,
0: I, t- I told you 10
1: expectations man, you can't expect that much from the third string QB And of the four North American sports Baseball is the one that I follow the least So um, which is Yeah this is unfortunate but you know credit to him I was hoping he'd pick Rugby League World Cup
0: I was hoping to pick that see the strategy that most people seem to employ was stumped is if they know the strength of yes. the host stay away stay away right so when you're on yeah Rugby League makes sense to probably stay away from that a few brave people have taken Ricardo on in football, football yeah. some of ones okay. most have lost and then of course Smithy most dare not take him on in either cricket or golf but then at the
1: same time, how good would it be to beat Smithy at cricket? You know what I mean. Yes. Like if you're able to do that, you'd, you'd oh. put that. I'd put that on my LinkedIn profile. You probably would actually I'd put it on my CV. Yeah, I put that on my. Co- I'll put that on my cover letter. Uh, whoever I'm sending that out to. Um, like, just we got a little bit of time here before we uh, before we take a break. And we'll try and catch up with Steph in a little bit as well. Um. What was the highlight for you over the weekend, mate? I know you uh, you had a bit
0: going on at home, but uh, but
1: did you manage to sit down and park up, watch a little bit of sport?
0: Yeah, mate, bit of juggling. Sounds like a lot of people trying to juggle life and watching on multiple screens at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved watching the Black Ferns and what they did uh, to Wales. That was awesome to see. Just Portia Woodman getting that record for the number tries scored in a Rugby World Cup. I don't know if that could happen to a greater New Zealander of the women's game. I mean, she's mm. just so awesome to watch and also so humbled. Uh, So when we were playing clips earlier from her post-match, one that was left out there was that she doesn't take all the credit. She's like she, she's like, I'm the winger, i I just finish it off it all it all comes from the forwards, it all then comes from Kendra, and then it moves through to me, so she's like without them, I don't have this record, so I think that's awesome that she would say something like that, yeah, no she is yeah and and, and
1: they actually are all like that aren't they like in the post match and stuff it's um they're great the great talkers, obviously, but you know even that she didn't know that the record yeah. that she was close and everything it's uh, it was awesome they're yeah. just
0: such good. You know, they're great representatives of New Zealand. So it's all, you know, I mean, for me, I'm I'm proud that they're representing us at this World Cup that, of course, we're hosting as well. Uh, the other highlight for me, I mean, has to be the breakers. If you're not on this bandwagon yet, get oh, on yeah. that bandwagon because this is just the turnaround from them being last last season and it was their worst season in team history mm. for this now turnaround under uh, Mori Maior. Incredible. It's just... I, I, I don't want to say it too early, but I'm getting shades of the glory days and the way that they're playing. They obviously f- love being back in New Zealand, playing back at Spark Arena. I mean, that's been a huge boost for them. And def- defence is something that they've really built around their identity and how they want to play. The fact that they choked Tasmania of points as much as they did, a team that has coached so well, to do that, unbelievable, and now be top of the league – is awesome and really shapes up an awesome matchup against the Sydney Kings uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and like
1: we've always said that the Breakers have one of the best game day entertainment packages in New Zealand sport, Mm. even better when they're winning. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And and firing. And uh, I think I saw someone put on Instagram over the weekend, they're making defence look sexy. (laughs) <laughs> Their breakers are making defense look sexy. I don't know how you do that, but apparently they're doing it. So Somehow. Yeah, or I have to head down to, um, to Spark Arena and, and get them behind the boys, jump on that bandwagon like you said. Speaking of bandwagons, um, there was a text in here from Brad that says, I'll be following the Warriors from now until the 2024 rugby season, seeing as NZR have basically ridden off the ABs until post-World Cup. We'll follow again when they clean house. All I'll say to that, Brad, is all aboard the Warriors bandwagon, my friend. There are plenty of seats. And we welcome everyone. Some people, I know with the Warriors in particular, some people get annoyed that, um, you know, people jump on them when they're winning and and sort of are fickle when they lose. But, you know, there are true fans that will always stick with them, um, no matter what. I don't really mind people coming in and out. Like, there was a period... In 2018, when we made the eight, we were winning games um, where the stadium, you know, we started cre- creeping up towards capacity and I was loving it. I mean, how? why wouldn't you want more fans at your team's ground, more fans in behind your team? And yeah, you can get on your high horse and sort of say like, oh, you've never been with them. And look, the day will come where the Warriors win a premiership and there'll be people who supported them who haven't gone through all of the trials and tribulations. I don't really care too much. Like I'm just happy that the team won and I'm happy that people are getting in behind it and loving it and supporting it. That's what I'm all about. So I don't care if they're bandwagon jumpers. You can jump on, jump on the train. Just be prepared, Brad, for a very bumpy ride, okay? And we may we may be even off the tracks at times, but uh, let's hope at the end of the day we find our way into the station. Uh, we'll take a short break. I've got a couple more text messages here that I want to get through and then we'll get Stefan in for a quick chat, find out what's coming up between 12 and 4 today. Back after this.
2: Sir, He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
1: 13 minutes away from 12 o'clock here on SENZ. Sam, here taking you through until Staffy takes over the reins at midday. Uh, Glenn's texting here saying, hey guys, do you know if, if and what time Portia Woodman has run the 100 metres? Glenn, can't tell you what she's run it in recently, but I've just done a quick look on the Athletics New Zealand rankings page and back in 2008, she ran a 12.79 in the 100 metres at the New Zealand Secondary School Champs, finished third in the semi-final. So uh, 12.79 is pretty, actually pretty fast for high school. Um but I'm not sure what she's running nowadays or what she's run recently. I'm sure someone can text that through and let us know. Another one says, uh, Australia have oh, Australia have to share a goal kicker with us. They have Cleary, Latrell, Val Holmes, Munster, DC, Teddy, Ben Hunt, Whiten and Burton. Yeah, maybe we should make that a little bargain with Australia that they uh, lend us a goal kicker for the game just to, you know, make things easy. And then, um, yeah, that'll make things interesting. Um, Craig says, when a certain team underperforms, you know exactly what to expect on SENZ. It really is a case of play it again, Sam. Probably Craig, although you know I'm only hosting once a month or so. It's not my usual gig, but um, I tend to do be on when, uh, when the All Blacks don't play well for some reason. Uh, Hi, Sam. I do think we have the best players, but they're being let down by the coaching team. Settling on a first-choice team and giving them plenty of time to form combina- combinations would be a good start from Margaret. Yep, Margaret. I, I'm leaning towards... I don't think it's our playing stock. I mean, it's, once again, we don't have the generational talent we used to have, but I I still think we have world-class players in that team that just simply are not being coached right or they're not in the right mental state of mind or whatever it might be. They're not in the right system. Um, and on your combinations argument, it goes back to the rest and rotation thing we were talking about. You know, the reason why, and let's maybe take the Australian... Well, that's probably not the best example, but if we take the island team, for example, you know, they they'll put out their A team ninety-nine percent of the time in test rugby. And that means that they build in combination, they're match fit, they're ready to go. Now, New Zealand's approach is we try and and I think Graham Beasley said this on the panel, we try and blood as many people as we can into an all black all blacks jersey so that if we need them, we can call upon them. What it means is a disjointed team with disjointed combinations um and no fluidity. Now, we may reap the benefit of playing all these guys in a World Cup when we need injury cover, etc. But it, it makes it very, very hard to build momentum and combinations as a team now. And I wonder if, it, if that's more important 12 months out from a World Cup. In my mind, it is. At this point in time, we should be playing our number one team every week if we can, um, heading into a... World Cup next year. Uh, Someone, it's probably something I said in the first hour, the New Zealand public do pay the All Blacks. New Zealand Rugby Union don't pay tax. Well there you go. Didn't know that. Um, I've read out the Australia goalkeeper and Glenn's one. Okay Glenn, we're going to try and see if we can find out um, if Porsche Woodman's 100 metre time. Oh, one more here from Brian. All Blacks resting doesn't seem to work. Oh, this is the Irish one I saw before. All Blacks resting doesn't seem to work. I think the Irish have played about 30 games when they came here. The Ablies have played half of that. A lot of players only play half a game now. They're getting soft, and it is showing. Brian. Um, Yeah, there you go. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. We'll take a break now because I can see Steph out there poised and ready to go. His show coming up at 12 o'clock. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have a quick chat with Steph, find out what's coming up after 12.